This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We got a banger for you today, a packed show and a big show because it's the first day of the Marbles Tournament of Champions. We'll let you know about that coming up, but uh, make sure you're with us later on in the program at around 2.45 for your first chance to enter our first qualifying race for your chance to win a pair of Winnipeg Blue Bomber season tickets for 2023, courtesy of our great partners over at Consolidated Supply. Uh, we do have, a, as I mentioned, a packed show. Lots to get to. Crazy night in the National Hockey League last night, which we will certainly get to. Big game for the Winnipeg Jets tonight in St. Louis, taking on the Blues. Looks like there's going to be a roster move, and Logan Stanley's coming back into the lineup for the first time since late October. Um, but some huge bomber news, which we'll get to right off the top. Uh, Scott Billick will join us on the program today. We'll also get JP Vijay's thoughts on uh, the first place Jets and their great start to the season. And we'll also get some great insight from outside the market on the Winnipeg Jets from former NHLer and TSN hockey contributor Frankie Carrado, uh, all leading up to the first of a dozen qualifying races for the Marbles Tournament of Champions. Should be great. Just before we get going, do have to thank all the sponsors that make this show happen. Of course, Consolidated Supply, who's bringing you our Marbles Holiday Tournament of Champions. Our friends at Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, F Apparel, Vita Health Fresh Market, Manitoba Battery, Wallace & Wallace, Little Brown Jug Brewing, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, the gang over at Culligan Water. Let's get right to it. And welcome in Michael Remus as we welcome everyone listening live on YouTube. And of course, you podcast listeners, thanks so much for making us a part of your day. And by the way, podcast listeners, it would be prudent if you have the opportunity to put in a little daily reminder that even if you're not able to join us throughout the entire program on YouTube, around 2.45 every day is when we'll open up registration. And if you can pop in, hang out with us for a few minutes and check out the Marble Race. You could be in for those Winnipeg Blue Bomber season tickets. We'll fill you in on that as we get through the program. Let's get Remus in here to get things going. What's going on, dude? I'm on a high. What a great night of hockey. Last night, Cage uh, Thompson uh, with the five goals and wake up this morning uh, to another Jets game. And, oh, yeah, some great Bomber news. And I don't know, it's, it's a bit warmer out today, 12 as opposed to uh, 30 in the negative. But I'm feeling good. I'm ready for a great show. And ready for another Jets game tonight. Looking to get back at it. We kind of put all that, you know, Paul Maurice return. I think it definitely lived up to all expectations that we had, especially with the Mark Shifley uh, comments that we discussed yesterday. But moving moving on, we're on to St. Louis and another big uh, divisional matchup tonight. Yeah, so listen, we will get to uh, Stanley's return and uh, all the Jets news and notes coming up in just a few minutes. But we got to start off with the biggest news today in the market. And that, of course, is the three-year extension of Winnipeg Blue Bombers head coach Mike O'Shea. You know that O'Shea is going to be returning next season with uh, as well as many of the mainstays of this club that has been at the top of the Canadian Football League for the better part of the last three years. Go Grey Cup lost to the Argos notwithstanding. Um, that Mike O'Shea is the linchpin, the key figure in all of this right now. And uh, as you can see on the bomber <laughs> on the bomber website, he's our leader, our captain. 
and uh, has been a guy that has, um, you know, established a winning culture, a family culture that has brought the Bombers to levels that we have not seen in a long, long time around here. And, you know, I'm just looking, and, you know, it's, it's a perfect time to maybe look back at O'Shea's time here with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He came in as a special, former special teams coach in Toronto in the 2014 season and went seven and 11. And it seemed like, you know, the, the we were starting to get there. Um, the team took a bit of a step back in 2015 and was five and 13. And if you will recall in 2016, a rough start. And really when I think about that season, the turning point in maybe this entire era was Matt Nichols taking over for Drew Willie as the starting quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Things did turn around. Matt Nichols won a ton of football games, and the Bombers went 11-7, and seven, made the playoffs, lost in the division semifinals. They made it one game better next year, 12-6, and six, high hopes and expectations, lost in the division semifinals. The next year, the Bombers took a little bit of a step back during the regular season and went 10-8, and eight, finishing third in the West and lost in the division finals. And then it was 2019, and there were so many high hopes. The Bombers were playing well. Chris Streveler was on the scene. Matt Nichols was there, and obviously Nichols get, uh, got injured. Chris Streveler came in. Zach Caleros was traded for, and the rest was history. And over the course of the last three seasons, Mike O'Shea has gone 11-7, and seven, won the Grey Cup from third place, 11-3 and in 2021, first in the West, a 786 winning percentage and won the Grey Cup. And last year, a franchise record, 15-3 and record, coming up one point short in the 109th Grey Cup. Two division championships, two Grey Cups, an 82-58 and record after starting 12-24 and in his next two seasons. Uh, there is no doubt who the leader of this Winnipeg Blue Bombers football club is. And they've got his signature on a contract for the next three seasons. And Remus, it is all systems go for 2023 and a year and a theme of unfinished business to get the Bombers back on top. Unfinished business. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> going to be the theme. Put it on their marketing, everything. We did also, uh, they did also announce uh, Buck Pierce back as offensive coordinator. There were reports mm -hmm. that you know, he was offered uh, jo other jobs around the league, but he's going to return. And the quote on their website is, what I'm doing now is where I'm supposed to be, and he's rooted here with his family. And I see a comment in the chat um, from Lynn. She says, you know, it's kind of anticlimactic. We had the report from Farhan last week that, you know, they were approaching a three, and we kind of been hearing. But now I think you can you can exhale. It is official. And they're going to have a press conference tomorrow with Mike O'Shea and Wade Miller. And I think if he's back, I wonder now who else on the team is going to come back. And uh, you think as long as, you know, he's here leading the team, they do have a chance at uh, going to their fourth consecutive Grey Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, I see a comment in chat from Doug, uh, Doug Phil, bonus to carry on the tradition of team culture builders in Winnipeg. And, you know, it's probably the ultimate compliment to what Mike O'Shea's built in that team that, you know, throughout last season with the Winnipeg Jets, Remus, things seem to be going in a, well, in a direction that I think everyone could see, but nobody liked that the bombers in this market were basically the standard of a winning culture and what they'd built. And it's even more impressive when you think about the 29 years of losing that predated the first Grey Cup victory under Mike O'Shea 
and the work that it took to year by year patiently build that culture and move forward. And, you know, I give Wade Miller and Kyle Walters a lot of credit in having the patience with Mike O'Shea because as I went through, those first two years weren't great. The second year, I mean, they won five football games. They didn't start off well the next year. And I really think that that year was a make-or-break year for O'Shea. But as we mentioned, I mean, maybe the most pivotal change was Matt Nichols taking over the starting quarterback. The team started winning some football games. And at that point, much like the Winnipeg Jets, getting some positive results, I think, led to more belief in what they were building. And obviously, some incredible work from Kyle Walters on the personnel side of things, adding some difference-making players to come in, to buy in, and be part of this. But um, what can you say about O'Shea? I mean, he already is on a mantle of the greatest coaches in Winnipeg Blue Bomber history. Um, and he'll have three more years to add to the Grey Cup total. And um, then I think they can get working on uh, that statue of Osh at some point alongside the great Bud Grant and Cal Murphy, who were uh, so impactful during their times here in the peg. For sure. 82 and uh, 58 record here. But I mean, the last couple of years, you got a 15 and three, 11 and three, 11 and seven records. And I agree. It was definitely a rocky start with a seven eleven record. And then you think, okay, it's going to get go from here. And it got worse in 2015. And I remember when we were on, you know, on the old station and a lot of talks like, Hey, is, are we sure that this is going to be the guy leading us forward? And I agree. It was the quarterback change and they, you know, they lost, they got to the playoffs, you know, lost in the first, in the first round, a couple of years. Then I remember they lost uh, in Calgary in the finals. And then after that, got to the Grey Cup two straight years and one. And la you know, this past year, they got back there again for the third straight time one. So, I mean, from you know not making the playoffs to you know just climbing the ladder of CFL success, it's been a great run. And um, thankful that he's decided to return. I mean, there were rumors. You know, we saw what Mark Tressman go to the NFL after uh, the Alouettes had so much success. So you thought. You know, would he stick around? And did uh, we ever talk about? Did we ever talk about that thing you found from uh, uh, from the deep south, where the, these guys it was is a pretty big show in the mm -hmm. south, where basically they're talking college football twenty four seven. Yeah, and one of the guys floated out that the new Auburn head coach was going to be Blue Bomber head coach Mike O'Shea. Now that was Grey Cup week. We didn't play it on the show or really give it too much credence for obvious reasons. No. But it was interesting. They actually did call the Blue Bomber office and put in the extension or whatever for O'Shea and got him. And O'Shea answered the phone, quickly hung up when he heard what they were talking about or who they were. Um, because, of course, we know O'Shea is all business. But it's a great day for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers franchise, the fan base moving forward. I don't think there was much. I Listen, I don't know about you, Remo. I didn't have much worry that O'Shea would not be back. And, and I think even more so after they lost the Grey Cup, because you know this is going to resonate with Mike, and he's already working on next season along with the staff there. Um, but he has become an icon in this community with this football team and really in the Canadian Football League. And it is just phenomenal news for the Blue Bombers and their fans that Mike O'Shea is back to lead this team for another three years. Oh, yeah. And uh, maybe we could even call them a dynasty. Hustler, if they continue all the winning, but you know that you know he's the guy. He sets the tone. He sets the culture in the locker room. That's the guy you want back. And we thought, look, Calaris signed. You know, when he signed it at, before the end of the season, you kind of thought, okay, if he's coming back, you have to think means Mike O'Shea 
is going to come back. And it seems like Kyle Walters is keep trying to keep as many people together uh, from the winning Grey Cup teams as they can and keep running it back. And uh, this offseason will be exciting as they do have a number uh, of free agents still. And um, But the big one, the big one on the to-do list is over. And uh, they'll be, t- again, talking tomorrow, Mike O'Shea and Wade Miller. I'm excited to hear what they have to say. Yeah, no doubt about me too. We'll try and have some of that for you here on Winnipeg Sports Talk and see if we can get the coach for a sit down at some point, maybe in the next month or so uh, when he's got a little bit of time, more so than he does obviously during a very busy regular season leading the defending Western Division champion and uh, the team that's won two of the last three great cups in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So that was the big news right off the hop. Had to get that. O'Shea's back. That's great news for the Bombers. And the Jets are back at it tonight. And Remus, you know, Jeff Hamilton is there. And Mitchell Clinton tweeting about this as well. No Dylan DeMello today on the ice. And it looks like it is the return of Big Stan. Logan Stanley on the Jet Blue Line, who's been out since breaking a bone in his foot on the 24th of October. I'm sure has been patiently waiting and rehabbing to get an opportunity to get back in the lineup. And as I mentioned yesterday, I didn't know when that opportunity was going to come considering the way this team has played and the six guys ahead of him on the depth chart right now. Uh, but we sort of knew it would be an injury. I didn't think it would happen this quickly. We don't really have any clarity on what the issue with Dylan DeMello is. Um, and they've, I guess, categorized Dylan DeMello as a game-time decision. But with Kyle Capobianco continuing to do extra work, continuing his role as a press box regular, um, looks like Big Stan's going to get an opportunity to get back into the lineup playing alongside. We expect Dylan Sandberg with Dylan DeMello, the expected scratch. Um, and we haven't had any clarity from Rick Bonus on what that is. But you had mentioned he hadn't been skating a lot. He had been iffy. He had missed a few games before. Um, so whether this is a flare-up of something that had bothered, been bothering him before or just an opportunity to get a player back into the lineup, not sure. But DeMello's been so good as of late. This is... Uh, Uh, Listen, a big challenge for Stanley to come back in and pull his weight in the lineup and, um, you know, handle it without Dylan DeMello, who's been a very, very important player for the Winnipeg Jets this year. Yeah, DeMello's been mainstay on the back end, and he has been banged up. He's missed some morning skates, and when they activated, or sorry, when they, uh, when Toninato cleared waivers and they sent him to the Moose, uh, you thought Stanley activation coming because we were talking, okay, what are they going to do? How are they going to fit all these guys in? And it gives him a chance. DeMello gets a rest. He did not participate in the morning skate, assuming he's going to be out. Stanley in. We'll wait and see what the pairs are. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, tough for Big Stan. I'm fa- I'm flashing back us to last year when they asked Dave Lowry about Stanley coming. He's like, Big Stan's got to get in. And I, and I just <laughs> remember that remember that line. But uh, the Jets are looking to keep it rolling against the Blues. The Blues actually have a couple guys out too. Corey Krug, it's kind of similar to De- DeMello. He's missed a couple games. This is a morning skate. Uh, he's not going to play. He's uh, normally uh, first power play in Pavel Buknevich, who's had a great season for them. He's going to be up. So the Blues have some injuries as well, and um, we'll have to see if the Jets can keep it rolling here against a division rival. Well, and the Blues have been such a streaky team. We talked about that a little bit uh, yesterday. I mean, we all remember when the Jets um, manhandled them at home early in the season when St. Louis was 3-0 and had just come off a shutout of the Edmonton Oilers. And we kind of had a fun conversation for the next couple of weeks that the Jets broke the St. Louis Blues because they followed up that first loss, the 4-0 shutout here in Winnipeg, with seven more in a row, all in regulation, and found themselves 3-8 and on the season. And 
you know, at that point, that sort of a start can completely, you know, nuke your year. To their credit, they came back and beat the Sharks, Knights, Avalanche, Blackhawks, Capitals, Ducks, and Ducks in a row, rattling off seven in a row and seemingly getting back to a pretty good place. But over the last two weeks, three weeks, it has not been smooth sailing at all for the Blues. They've won two of their last eight games, although their last game was a win to finish off that road trip, beating the Islanders seven to four. Uh, but that was after another four straight losses. There's been lots of talk about Jordan Bennington. Um, you know, he's a maniac at the best of times right now, but he's been struggling mentally and certainly struggling on the ice with an 889 save percentage. Um, and I would imagine, Rio, this is going to be an incredibly desperate St. Louis team because when you look at the Central Division standings right now, the Blues are 12 and 14. They've got 24 points. They sit well back of the playoff line right now and are nine points clear of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, the Winnipeg Jets have an opportunity with games in hand to put even more distance between them and a Blues team that I think many people thought would certainly at minimum be a playoff team or in the mix for a playoff spot. Um, and listen, another few losses right now could have the team going into January with a huge, huge hill to climb. So, um, listen, a huge chance for the Winnipeg Jets to continue um, putting their stamp at the top of the division. But I expect this to be a desperate team for Craig Belubi's squad, and these two teams know each other very well. And I'm sure the Blues have a bad taste in their mouth from that game that they played, their first loss of the season here in Winnipeg a couple months ago. Yeah, the Jets and the Blues always have pretty good games going back, you know, years since they've moved into the Central Division. Um, as far as the goaltending, I thought I was looking forward to maybe seeing like Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, Snow, Bennington and have him go ballistic or, you know, getting in his face there in the crease. We're not going to have that tonight, uh, unfortunately. Uh, it's going to be Thomas Grice starting in. But when you look at the numbers, neither of them has been very good. You mentioned Bennington's 989 save percentage. He's got a 3.42 goals against. 889, not 989. Oh, yeah, sorry, 8889. Eight, eight, <laughs> sorry, 889. Eight, eight, Big difference. <laughs> yeah, 889, sorry. Uh, Thomas Grice, I mean, not much better. 906 save percentage and a 363 goals against. So his goals against is worse than Bennington's, despite having the better save percentage. Uh, some math wizard, go figure that one out. Uh, that went out for me, but they're going with Thomas Grice, and we'll have to wait and see. They're frustrated with him, as he's been what trying to hit other players, yapping, doesn't shut up. So I remember, remember he threw the water bottle at Kadri <laughs> in a post game interview in the playoffs last year. Um, that, that's pretty rough. So you know, we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, there was one of players to watch. Robert Thomas having a great season. He leads the team in points, uh, twenty three and twenty five. And uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, it's kind of funny how he was the guy they exposed in the expansion draft, and he's having assaults. He's in 19 and 24, but it's it's kind of Thomas and Cairo, guys who got the big contracts in the offseason, leading the way for the team. And as I said, Buchnevich, who's third on the team of points, he's not playing tonight, so uh, Jets catch a break well, there. Well, you know what? In, in a lot of ways, this Blues team kind of reminds me of last year's Dallas squad. I mean, for a long time, you know, this team was led by Ryan O'Reilly, who is still, I mean, a very key figure on this team. Braden Shen, Tarasenko, as you mentioned. I mean, now really it's Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo that are the go-to guys. They've been got massive investments from the team, and they'll be thought of to, to, to lead them going forward. And 
Much like last year under bonus, you saw Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan take a bit of a step back and it being Rupee Hints and Jason Robertson that took over as the top offensive guys for that team. Well, that's exactly where the Blues are right now. That being said, it has been a really quiet year for Ryan O'Reilly, who has nine goals, four assists on the season and 13 points. But man, Remo, the numbers that just scream out, and I know we don't spend a lot of time talking plus minus here, Ryan O'Reilly's a minus 17 on the year. This is a guy we normally talk about in the Selkie conversation. So I'm not sure if there's more to it. Kairou's minus 20 for that matter. I think wow. Tory Krug might have the green jacket right now at minus 22. Um, but it has not been smooth sailing at all for the Blues so far this season. Uh, and, you know, those long losing streaks um, basically speak to it with an eight in a row and losers of six of seven before they won their last game. Yeah, that's, I mean, you look at their goal differential minus 20, um, bottom three in the central. So I think part of that is goaltending. They haven't got it this year. They really miss uh, Vili Husso, who's having a nice year with Detroit. And I mean, they've scored, they've scored one more goal this year than the Jets, 80 to 79, although the Jets have played two less games. But they've given up 100, which is the most goals given up in the central division, worse than Arizona. Worse than, worse than Chicago. Although they've played, uh, they played like one and two more games. But even still, I think the average. They're still, it hasn't been great in St. Louis for a team. Yeah, that you thought would be in the in the playoffs. So uh, we go, you know, as we look at the standings, Dallas in action tonight. They're hosting Ottawa and Minnesota. Um, you know, had they had Calgary last night, you know, ready to grab the win, and Calgary uh, had a big comeback on them. So that was good news. For the Jets, if you're doing some schedule watching and oh, schedule watching, oh yeah, Colorado uh, got blown out by well, by what's Boston. left of Colorado? <laughs> yeah, if that Colorado Eagles, not the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche, because I'll say uh, before we get to JP, I was watching the game, and it was tough for the announcers to like sell this brand of Avalanche hockey. They're like, yeah, it's actually really good news that McKinnon's out because he's just going to be more fresh and rested. Landeskog too is actually going to be really good they're going to come back better and trying to explain that this avalanche power play that you're watching not quite the one that you started the season with so i know they're they came into winnipeg um what like eight two and oh in their last 10 but look out now they're five five and oh in their last 10 and they're sitting fourth there in the central so i man i'm like dreaming of a of a banner raising here at canada i'm getting ahead of myself hustler i gotta yeah i, I would gotta, say I, so. I have to pump the brakes but they're playing well they're playing <laughs> well, well i'll say this justin you know what listen we can at least have this conversation today as the jets are in first place but um you know if you can continue that and win the division wouldn't that be something you win the division because of injuries colorado sneaks in in a wild card and you end up having that <laughs> although the positive thing is maybe just maybe they sneak into a wild card and have to go through the other side and maybe play the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round. I'd be here for that. Uh, all right, JP VJ coming up in just a minute. Quick shout out to Lauren Finlay. Thanks for becoming a supporter, Lauren, of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Greatly appreciate the support. Um, now, quickly, a little bit of business to get to before JP comes on. Today, I know a lot of people have joined us a little bit later. Make sure you're hanging around at the end of the show. 245 is going to be the time where we open up registrations because today is day one of our Holiday Marbles Tournament of Champions brought to you by Consolidated Supply. And our friends at Consolidated Supply have given us a pair of Winnipeg Blue Bomber season tickets for 2023 for the grand prize 
if you haven't heard the announcement leading into it, starting today, for our next 12 shows, we will be doing a marble race. The top three marbles in each race will qualify for the championship race on the 30th of December. The, our last act of 2022 is going to be teaming up with Consolidated Supply and giving away a pair of Bomber Season tickets. So Chris, Joe Spicy, Gino, the gang, thanks so much for the support. Cannot wait to get this going. And again, check out the website at cte.ca for everything Consolidated does. And uh, by the way, if you've been putting off that thought about the hot tub and realize right now might be the time to do it, give them a call right now. Maybe you can make something happen for the holiday season. They've got incredible hot tubs right there, ready to go at Consolidated Supply, 1395 Niagara Road East, and of course, online at cte.ca. The other order of business, tomorrow on the program, we are going to announce the first winner of our Wallace & Wallace Dream Factory unsung hero of course we've teamed up with wallace and wallace and josh morrissey for this great program you can find out more if you click in the links on the uh, on the description of the program for more on the dream factory uh but we have been hearing from winnipeg sports talk listeners on individuals in our community that have been making a difference and this is just the first month of the program so tomorrow we'll be announcing our first winner that winner will receive an autographed jersey from josh morrissey himself and we'll let you know who the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener was that nominated that unsung hero. We'll be making, or Wallace and Wallace will be making a $500 donation to the Dream Factory in the name of the WST listener. And that donation is going to be matched by Josh and Margot Morrissey themselves as well. So helping out the Dream Factory. But in the meantime, folks, especially heading into this holiday season, let us know about the unsung hero in your community, whether it's working with minor sports programs, schools, charities, animal rescue, and more. We are open to it all. Tell us about them. Unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Love to get those stories in. We will select another winner at the end of the month for an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey. And again, that great donation. Thanks so much to Wallace & Wallace for making this happen. Um, hey, holidays are here. If you're looking for great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, you need to be shopping at Vita Health Fresh Market. So why not give the gift of health this season? Vita Health has so many gift options for your loved ones, essential oils, candles, artisan soaps, bath bombs, lotions, chocolates, you name it. And you can also stock up on some of your favorite holiday food items like stuffing, cranberry sauce, non-alcoholic wines and drinks, which are a great option if you're entertaining plant-based turkey options, and more. You can also pre-order your natural free-run turkey in-store today. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives with seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And hey, just before we bring JP in, it's nice that we've had a little bit of break in that subarctic weather that greeted me coming back from Qatar. Uh, but this is the time when you realize that it might be time for a new battery. Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery are there for you with the best prices in town, and you'll be shopping local. Pop down and see them at 1026 Logan. If you're not sure whether you need a new battery, they can test it out and tell you exactly where you're at and if it's time to replace it or not. But if you know that it's time for a new battery, save time and save money by giving them a call 
and they'll deliver it right to your door. You can order it online as well at manitobabattery.com or by phone, and they'll have your battery to you the same day as long as the order's in by 3 p.m. It is that simple. There's only one place where you can buy a battery from the comfort of your home and save money while you do it, and that's Manitoba Battery. Find them online at manitobabattery.com. All right, let's talk some puck and uh, get J.P. Vijay's thoughts on this great start to the season for the Winnipeg Jets. Salut, JP. Best of the season. What's going on? Not too much. Salut, Haas. How was your trip? It was incredible. It was a you know trip of a lifetime. A great cultural experience. Um, and as far as just being a, a sports fan, I got to tell you, JP, that the World Cup is something else. I, I have so much of a greater appreciation for soccer, being able to watch it at the highest level in person. Um. But honestly, bringing people together from all around the world and, my God, the passion that these fans have for their teams. I mean, it really does seem time like it's life or death, even though it is a game. And uh, it was uh, it was something I'll always remember or cherish. And I'm already counting down to try to figure out how to get tickets and get to the 2026 World Cup when it's on this side of the pond coming up in four years. Yeah, it's quite interesting having played overseas and you get to really appreciate how we'll call it how excitable those fans are. Their, their passion is bar none. I, I don't even know if you could compare it to a hockey game or a football game because, you know, there's 82 games in a season where it's live or die after every touch of the football, as they call it. And really, they are dying on the edge of their seats. You, you know, it's funny you bring that up because mm -hmm. one thing that did sort of resonate with me while I was there, something that I've always wanted to do and I haven't had a chance to do, is take in the men's world championships in the spring when it is over overseas. And there are some areas, you know, essentially that event in a lot of ways has sort of a soccer vibe. I mean, the European fans bring that sort of level of support with the chance and the passion and the outfits to the wins world championship. And um, that's sort of on the bucket list now as well, at some point to be able to go when it is in Germany or Switzerland or some of the areas that you've played, because a lot of that soccer vibe comes to the hockey rink. And I imagine it's incredible to be a part of. It's, it's, you can't even say it. Like we played in rinks of, you know, between five and 10,000 people. We swear there was like 40,000 people just screaming their brains out and having these chants the whole game. And, and at one point you're like, I don't even know what they're saying. Are they even watching the game? But they have a chant for every play that's going on. There's a chant for the power play. There's a chant for the penalty kill. They'll boo and whistle you when you're not playing up to your potential. Like, they are intense. And it's, I mean, it, it creates a lot of energy for the group. But watch out. If you get on their bad side, they'll throw them in M's and pennies at you just not while you're on the ice. <laughs> Well, no pens or M&Ms going your way right now. It's great to have you here. And happy holidays to you and the family. Uh, and what a great time it is to be a Winnipeg sports fan. We've got the big news that Mike O'Shea's back with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And despite that loss in the Grey Cup, everyone's excited for the upcoming season. But who could have imagined that we'd be talking here in early December about a Winnipeg Jets team in first place, JP. We've had some great conversations about this club and the job that Rick Bonus had and what would happen coming out of a really disappointing year with everything that came out of the interviews and whatnot. Let me just start off with this. I mean, you watch this team on a nightly basis. How surprised are you that they've been able to have the success that they've had considering the challenges that face the team going into training camp? Yeah, I'm I'm quite surprised. I mean, the anticipation was that they would be better than they were last year with, with a new 
revived coaching staff to really take them to the next step. I didn't think they would be this good this quick. Um, you know, we're looking at, we've seen some inconsistencies in their game, but overall, let's be pretty clear. They've been pretty spot on for most of the time. It's been really interesting to see. Uh, the growth is still coming. I mean, there's more, you know, the questions that everyone had, how's their depth? Can Blake Wheeler do anything? Is he done? Uh, can Josh Morrissey do any more for the Winnipeg Jets? Well, all those answers, hmm. all those questions have been answered with a big check mark and a yes, so far, so good. And we'll see if it continues. I mean, there's still 50-some games to go. Um, potential is there. Step one is check. The Jets are in contention. Now let's go from there. You know, I mean, we'll get to some of the individual performances, but overall, I'm just interested in what you've been seeing and hearing from this team. I mean, we knew that the locker room wasn't entirely rosy. I mean, a lot of guys put up a brave face, but it was pretty clear that this was not a cohesive unit last season. Um, and from all accounts, it looks like they're together. I mean, how important is that and how difficult is that to get a 180 like that? Well, it's, it's, I would say it's very difficult. I mean, they really haven't changed a whole lot of personnel. You'd assume there'd still be the battles and there'd still be the, you know, tete-a-tete in the dressing room. Um, but right now we're not seeing any of it. We're, we're seeing a, a cohesive team pulling the same line, uh, saying the same things. But I think it's very important to, to see that. Uh, what Rick Bonus has come in and done is no, no less than outstanding. I mean, you know, you expect him to have a turnaround. You expect him to have play with some jump. But, wow, we're seeing a lot of jump. And go through the list. Josh Morrissey looks like the Josh Morrissey that we thought the Winnipeg Jets drafted, an offensive player who can play at both ends. we never really seen that total offensive game of his. But, boy, allowing him to jump up into the play and, and get up the ice, and really, he leads the Winnipeg Jets in points. Put that on your question mark at the start of this season. Who's going to lead the Winnipeg Jets in points? Josh Morrissey is probably not on the top five people on your checklist. No, I think that's safe to say. And I mean, Morrissey's had such a, a monster season so far. But I mean, it, it really has been like I, I have a hard time looking at any area of the roster that has sort of let the team down, that has been a bit of an anchor. And, you know, so much of it does come back to bonus and the way that he's challenged these players and the way that they've responded to it. I mean, listen, of course, we had Paul Maurice come back in back into town on Tuesday for that game with the Panthers. And, you know, I think back to just the weekend, even JP, and the way Rick Bonus spoke after the win against the Anaheim Ducks, coming off that loss on Friday night. Um, I, I, he was borderline offended with the way that the team came out and was not shy to say it. And it, it seems like I don't know what your perspective is on Bones, but you know, at his age and his final stop in the NHL, he really is doing it his way. He's pulling no punches. And I guess that can go one of two ways with a hockey club, but it seems like the Jets bought in, were willing to give this a chance considering the way things went last year. And there's something about winning that kind of reinforces everything that the coaches have been saying. And uh, here we are with a first place team going into St. Louis tonight. Yeah. And I think, you know, let's be very clear. He's come in and done things his way, but he hasn't been unfair. Right, he's been firm but fair with the players, and I think that that is what players want. They don't need folk blown at them, told them how great they are all the time. There are occasions where a player needs a little pump up, a little pat on the back. There are other occasions where 
It's a punch on the back of the pants and saying, hey, we need more from you. You got to bring more to the table. But I think he has a way of doing it that is firm, fair, and respected amongst the players. And that's very important. He can come out and he can call out, uh, you know, the whole team to the media and say, you know, we stunk up the first. We never do that. That's on me. We got to be better. And then he goes out and he demands that from his players and say, yeah, I take this bullet, but you guys are now part of the bullet. We're a group. And our responsibility is to come in and we have to be managed as pros. And I think it's a different line than they're used to. We we don't really know what the line with Paul Maurice was because he supported his players and was a player's coach. But Rick Bonus seems to walk the line between the player coach and the coach that the players need. Sometimes that's not always the same person. JP, you know, we'll talk about a couple <clears throat> of the individual performances of some key players, but I always love talking to you because of your ability to sort of break down the game from a systems and an X's and O's perspective. And you know, we knew the first thing this team needed to do was defend better. They have certainly done that. Connor Hellebuck has been his usual brilliant self, but the numbers speak for themselves. When you watch this Winnipeg Jets team, how would you describe hmm. the way they're playing the Rick bonus system and the results that they're getting from it? Uh, I'd call it aggressive. That's the best way to play it. He wants everyone pushing up ice. When we're pushing up ice, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're uh, holding back uh, and trying to push for offense. Pushing up the ice allows the D core to have a tight gap. Like before, it felt like there was a, a disjoint between the forwards and the D in the neutral zone. There was a space where teams used to pick the Winnipeg Jets apart. Right now, Rick Bonus from day one has challenged the D core to get up ice and tighten that gap. So if there is a turnover in the neutral zone, they're not accepting the rush. They're jumping up on the rush, pinching it there, and keeping the puck out of their defensive zone. And I think the biggest thing we've seen is less time in the D zone because everyone's coming up together, pushing up the ice, and allowing the D to be more aggressive. But we've seen Pionk, Morrissey, Schmidt actually be first guys on the forecheck because their gap is so good and so tight. They turn over that puck, and they're jumping right away. So I think that's very important. and We'll see how that continues to grow because I think the more confidence the Jets get out of this, the more they're going to believe in this system and the more they're going to buy into it. We're only 20 some games in it's early, uh, you know, one quick slide and there's a bunch of questions, but if the jets continue to have success this way, there's no reason they can't take that next step and become more than just a, a playoff team and let's get back to winning a round or two. JP VJ with us here on Winnipeg sports talk daily, discussing the jets hot start. And of course this matchup tonight against the St. Louis blues um, buy-in has been something we've been talking a lot about. You've just mentioned it. I don't know whether there was a more important person on the roster to really truly buy in and embrace this challenge than Mark Shifley. What have you thought about Shifley's work in both ends this year under Rick Bonus? Well, I think the key right there, you said it, uh, Huss, is both ends. Uh, we saw some lackluster efforts from Mark Shifley on occasion last year in the defensive zone. Early in the season, I believe we've seen it once so far uh, in an overtime where call a lackluster or a wrong turn uh, on his behalf uh, to cost the team a goal and an extra point in the overtime. But other than that, we've seen Mark Shifley buy in, maybe not get quite as much offensive support as he wants. You know, he wants more points, but being on the ice less for goals against has allowed him to be a more effective player in a full 60-minute game, not just looking for cookies at one end, but being in the right spots in the D zone has led him to having the puck more on a stick, which is what Mark Shifley wants, and to be able to skate up the ice with it. How often are we able to see Shifley get that puck low in the D zone, carry it, make a quick pass to a winger, 
and now they're up and out and they're flying. I, I think that's something we didn't see enough of before. I think it's a combination of Rick Bonus helping Mark Shifley believe in himself that he can do this down low, and Mark Shifley going, I have a fresh start this season to become the player that Dale Howardchuck envisioned me becoming, and I need to get to that potential. JP, I mean, we can't have this conversation without acknowledging what happened last year and the situation Mark was in, what he had to say at the end of the season. The way he has embraced these challenges and the way that he play, he's played, what does that do and what does that say to the rest of the team and how does that resonate within the dressing room? Well, it's pretty simple. When one of your big dogs buys in and becomes you know, a foot soldier of the, of the new coach coming in, I think everyone has to follow suit. Uh, the hardest thing is to get everyone on board to the same page and everyone looks to leaders. Mark Shifley is a leader of this Winnipeg Jets team and when he follows suit, modifies his game a little bit. We're not talking major changes. We've talking shorten up his shifts, a little more intense in the D zone, which allows him to have the puck more in the offensive zone. I think the success has come for him. Now everyone's following suit. A slow start for Kyle Connor, or is he now just over a point a game? Because he's had to kind of tweak his game and find his way in this system. A good player like these always find their way within a system. And right now we're seeing them flourish and find their way how to play the game the way Rick Bonus wants. Yeah but you really use their skill set in that system to help them exploit the opposition. Well, and the craziest thing about it, JP, is that <clears throat> they've done this without Nikolai Ehlers for the entire season minus two games. And you know, we kind of talk about the top six, but it has kind of been a top five right now auditioning other people to pop in on one of those wings outside of Perfetti, Shifley, Wheeler, Kyle Connor, and Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, it's an exciting thought to get a player like Nikolai Ehlers back I mean usually when you're adding a player like that you know it's through a trade and you're giving big assets left I mean they're just waiting for him to come back and you wonder but I do want to ask you about the bottom six the bottom six at times had been a bit of a black hole um Paul Maurice didn't play the fourth line hardly at all Adam Lowry I think was saddled with you know certainly Christian Vesson Lineland last year did not work for the better part of 50 plus games although he had a great last part of the season uh, but what have you seen and who's impressed you from some of the newcomers in the Jets bottom six and their contributions to where this team sits today well a little bit of everyone you know you, you have to take it to, you know to Harkins and all those guys that have come up and really earned their stripes and Rick Bonus has given them some confidence allowed them to grow you know, Gustafson really showing that he can belong, be part of that penalty kill that Paul Maurice was so hesitant to put him on all the time uh, and, and allowing these players to feel like they have a part of the team. They have an identity to the success of the organization. Uh, you know, it might be fast getting the puck in deep, you know, finishing a check, driving the net, getting an opportunity to play with, you know, Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. In, in the meantime, a little showcase here and there, whoever seems to be rolling gets that opportunity to go with those guys. So all those guys are now hungry for the potential to audition for extra minutes. And I think, you know, Adam Lowry, the, the quiet, unsung hero of the team right now, having a, a really good season, but managing people around him and playing well with whoever's with him as that changes throughout the season. So it, it went from a black hole to kind of, holy smokes, we're getting secondary and, you know, complimentary scoring on most nights on a team that is very offensively gifted. So that's allowed them to do more without giving up as much. No, I think the rest of the coaching staff, <clears throat> excuse me, Scott or Neil Lauer, they deserve a lot of credit too, especially for special teams. And, you know, there's a couple differences from last year to this year. I mean, certainly the five on five, the defending has been better. But Vij, we know how 
the Jets struggled in overtime and lost, left so many extra points. It's been a complete reversal this year. But I would suggest that there's been big improvements on both ends of the penalty kill. The penalty kill, I think it's just guys like Gustafson and Menelainen showing up and doing a good job. But what have you seen from the power play and how it's different from last year when it was really quite stale at times? Yeah, we're seeing a more direct approach by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we're not seeing as much razzle-dazzle on the outside. Uh, you know, Blake Wheeler's not holding onto the puck on the flank for an extended period of time. Now, that puck is coming, it's moving, it's being moved quick. They're being held accountable because if it doesn't work, they're going right to the second unit. So the first unit has had kind of a, a gun to their temple saying, it's your responsibility to lead the way, but if you're not going to do it the way we expect to, we're going to really go back to the other unit and you guys are going to sit and watch because the second unit has had some jump as well. So I think the two things we're seeing is the puck movement of the Winnipeg Jets, getting that puck, moving it around, opening space for the, the quality players to get shots off. And then let's be serious, the dirty work. Pucks are going to the net. And from that point on, the puck retrieval from that opportunity, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been a beast down low, retrieving pucks. Blake Wheeler has been a horse as well, finding ways to hold on to the puck, buy some time, rim it to the far side to Kyle Connor and reset up for them to go again. So that's really been two things is the direct attack and then the reload or the retrieval of pucks after that first shot. Well, and the other thing that really stood out to me actually in the Florida game, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, Vish, was that, you know, in the past, it was always Blake Wheeler on the half ball and the puck would go to him and it was up to him to distribute. And it was frankly, it was quite predictable. Wheeler yesterday when they started out in the offensive zone is actually playing in front of the net. Um, big body, great for screens, has a good stick. But then when the puck and the opportunity changes, he can pop back out and switch in. We've seen, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but it seems like there has been far more movement. We talk about movement of the puck. There's also been movement of personnel within the power play, which to me, just adds a whole nother dynamic that hadn't been there very often in the past. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it, right? Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and Blake Wheeler interchanging, Mark Shifley coming in, Kyle Connor jumping. You look at the best power plays. You know, we're going to compare Colorado and Edmonton, probably some of the best power plays in the National Hockey League. You never have a clue where Kale McCarr or Connor McDavid are going to be. One time they could be low, one time they could be high. So it's so hard to defend, right? The easiest thing for a, a penalty to do power play becomes stagnant and they move the puck on the perimeter those guys love that because they can get in passing lanes and shot lanes and not have to worry about it but when you see the likes of you know uh alton blake wheeler goes from net front to high hit position and pierre luke dubo has rolled off to the side defenders are, are, are looking over their shoulders trying to get to places and they're a half second late that's when the steam to shifley to kyle connor goes for the one-timer and everyone's like oh we weren't ready for that we were watching the other guys so I think it's become quite interesting to see how that progression of movement has really allowed them to have different looks at different times. JP Vijay with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm looking ahead to this game tonight against the St. Louis Blues and, of course, tomorrow against the Chicago Blackhawks. And JP Vijay, all the best. Uh, make sure to check out the Vijay Hockey Academy, folks, if you're uh, looking for some high-level hockey training for the player in your family. And uh, a best of the season to J.P. Vijay, his family. Great to have Vijay on the program as well. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about this and, of course, the O'Shea extension with Scotty Billet coming up in a second and Frankie Corrado later on. And don't forget, if you just popped in a little bit late, the first qualifying race 
for the Marbles Tournament of Champions coming up in a little over, a little, a little under an hour on the program. So make sure to stay with us. Um, we were talking uh, about the why not question of the day right off the bat. How confident are you that the Bombers can maintain their level of excellence over the last three years? For the next three years with Mike O'Shea back, you can, again, hit us up in the comments or in the chat with your uh, thoughts on that. I'm actually going to be heading over to Not after the uh, after the show today to say hi to the folks there, see what's going on. If you're thinking about getting into a new vehicle or your current one's pissing you off, uh, that's the place to start, folks. An incredible selection of vehicles on the lot right now at Not Auto Corp. And if there's a particular make and model that you're looking for, talk to the experts at Not. They are the best in the business at sourcing it, getting it here, and getting you into it at the best possible price. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price at Not Auto Corp? And by the way, winter tire specials are still on right now. The MPI payment plan is available. So why not get safe winter tires for you and your family and pay later? with Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery, and online at not.ca. Um, holiday shopping is uh, upon us, folks. And if you want to save time and get the sports fan in your family the best possible gift, you know there's only one place you need to do, and that is head down to Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway. The new retro reverse Jets jerseys are in. Might have to put that on my wish list, to be honest, for this uh, for this season. Thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, winter gear, summer gear, hats, T-shirts, hoodies. They've got it all. Tons of bomber gear as well. Not to mention World Cup kits and more, both with Team Canada and teams that are still playing in the tournament over in Qatar. They really have it all. Not to mention Manitoba's biggest and best hockey selection for players of all ages and all skill levels. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Make sure you're following them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops, sale information, and holiday gift ideas. And speaking of gift ideas, guys, if you're thinking about 2023 being a time that you need to upgrade your wardrobe when it comes to menswear, maybe you slide a little suggestion to that person in your life that uh, an F apparel gift card might be a great gift under the tree this year. And they got a great deal right now heading into Christmas. $100 gives you $115. So a 15% bonus on gift card sales heading into the year, uh, into the holidays. And of course, F apparel features the best men's suits custom made beginning at just $400 but it's much more than just suits uh, golf pants chinos shirts accessories and more they've got it all at F apparel and great specials for wedding parties and 2023 grads you can find it all online at F that's E-P-H apparel.com make an appointment there or pop down and see Andrew and his great staff at 190 Smith Street all right, let's talk a little more Jets and Bombers and welcome in Scott Billick. Billick, what's up, man? Great to talk to you. Great to be back. Great for you to be back, eh? Back yeah. in Winnipeg. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, just a little 60-degree Celsius swing from uh, getting on the plane to what we've dealt with <laughs> over the last couple of days. But, yeah. you know, what? it is good to be back. It was a trip of a lifetime. I did feel like a semi-permanent residence of the state of Qatar. Uh, but it's good to be home. <laughs> And it's even better to be home. I got back just in time to welcome back Paul Maurice to Winnipeg. There you go. And see the Jets get a big two points in that game, which I think was, uh, well, certainly was a game that I did not want to miss. And now we find them in first place going into tonight. 
Um, but let me ask you this. I, I'm interested in your thoughts on, I mean, so much of the talk this week has been about coaching, about the way it yeah. was, about the way it is right now. Um, we knew the Jets, or we expected the Jets. We didn't know. You never know um, to come out with a strong first period against the Florida Panthers. Um, but to me, that was almost a progression over what happened and what didn't happen on the weekend, and the way Rick Bonus handled it very publicly, challenging his team and showing his displeasure even after a win on Sunday afternoon, which I think in a lot of ways set the tone for the way the Winnipeg Jets played against their old head coach Tuesday. Yeah, I think it was that coupled by a couple of guys' motivation to play with against Paul Maurice and kind of maybe stick it to him a little bit. Um, and then Mark Shifley did that. So, uh, you know, yeah, but it was, yeah, no, but it was, a, it was a good game. They responded. I mean, th- this is the one thing about the Jets that they've they've done very well this season is responded to Rick Bonus. Um, just you know, no matter what happens in the game before. Uh, this team has been very, very good at at um, you know parking that, flushing whatever it is, um, and coming out and find a win. I mean, you saw it in Minnesota when they lost six one, and then came back in Dallas, and you know a lot of controversy the way that that game ended. But you know the Jets ultimately emerged, you know, with with the victory in overtime there. Um, but you know they 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 brushed off that game there and came back. Same against the you know the Blue Jackets losing badly to the blue jackets and then you know and 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 also kind of no showing yeah well i mean yeah i mean there's no other way to really say it they they kind of no showed that first period against anaheim too um you know they, they came back in that game and i thought that showed a good an adjustment um that this team was able to make because rick bonus came in the room after after the first period and morgan baron wouldn't say it but uh he was you know it, it was a, it was a expletive laden um you know, a bit, bit of a tirade that Rick Bonus went on. He probably hurt his 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 wrist too after, or his fist after smacking the boards behind the uh, the thing there. But but you know, it it shows that this team, you know, uh, they're listening to Rick Bonus, right? He has their ear. Um, and, and I think you know, it, it's not just the team. Like you go into the into the dressing room after that. Every one of those players said it, right? Uh, you know, after the Anaheim game, I mean, that was kind of the focal point of that is, you know, they didn't start well. And, and that's what they said, and, you know, and, and that's, that's different than teams from the past. And, you know, this has been talked about in the, in the aftermath of these couple of games, last couple of games, but this is a team that's now decided that, you know, it's not about winning by the skinnier teeth or winning by brute offensive force or winning by Connor Hellebuck saving the day. This is a team that wants to win quote unquote the right way. Um, and they want to do it on a consistent basis. And so first periods that you get badly outplayed in five, two wins aren't acceptable, you know, anymore in, in terms of the overall, um, uh, you know, the bigger picture, let's say. Um, and, and so, you know, Rick bonus has made it very clear. And, 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 it, you know, I think the thing, and this isn't to throw shade on Paul Maurice, but I think one of the things that Rick bonus has been able to do with this group of jets players is, is keep them hungry and, and always keeping the, you know, it, it's almost like a carrot being dangled in front of a, a horse, right? It, you know, it, it's always going to be difficult to get to where, you know, it wants to be, but as long as they keep chasing that carrot, I think this Jets team is going to be very good. And and right now, I mean, 16-7-1, um, you know, tied for first place, but, uh, you know, in first place uh, based on points percentage. Um, you know, I think it's been a good strategy. You know, this team needed direction after last year, a purpose, all that sort of stuff. 
and they've responded really well to what Rick Bonus has been doing. The only thing that, you know, I guess the skeptic or the pessimist would kind of be concerned about, I suppose, is, you know, what happens when the wins start to pile or the losses maybe, you know, start to pile. I don't think the Jets have lost consecutive games this year, maybe once. Yeah, just once that just uh, once Toronto game. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, what happens? But this team, again, has handled the adversity well, the injuries. They've lost one of their, you know, arguably one of their best wingers. Well, ar- not arguably, one of their best wingers, arguably their best winger. Um you know, the power play has been, you know, so-so, but they've found a way, and, and it's and it's it's through a team effort, and I think that's the biggest thing about this Jets team. Um, you know, everybody's still pulling. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse in this, but, you know, everybody is pulling in the same direction. We, we, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it, 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 it's, it, it's palpable, and, and um, I think you see it in the standings, and I don't think this is a... Um, it, it's not a smoke, you know, it's not smoke and mirrors. It's nothing like that. Like, this is a team that's legitimately good um, and can get better. And I think that's, you know, the key here is this Jets team can get better. And I think they're you know on that path and, and, and they're hungry um, to become a better team. Well, and I'll say this, um, you know, winning begets winning. Uh, it creates yeah. a better, I, I mean, it reinforces everything that Rick bonus has been right. preaching and teaching. And I mean, it continues to go forward and the Jets have done, you know, some of their winning they've done in some weird ways. I mean, we think about the blown leads <laughs> yeah. at the end of the game and winning games in overtime. I mean, their overtime record right now is 6-1-1. One and one, and that was maybe one of the most puzzling things about that team last year, Scott, is yeah. their lack of success when they got to 60 minutes. I mean, when you look at the personnel that whoever the coach is of the Winnipeg Jets has the at hand to throw out with the speed and the scale, I mean, you would think that at minimum they'd be able to come out with around a 500 record. And I'm not sure whether this is just variance uh, or randomness, but it certainly seems like the Winnipeg Jets have far more confidence right now. And a big part of that's the guy they've they've got in net. Yeah. Um, But they've been making things happen. And then those little things changing, you know, one point into two points, you do that three or four times. That absolutely can be the difference between making the playoffs or missing it. And we saw it last year. I mean, I think back of those three games against Dallas that they lost in overtime last yeah. year in very different fashions. Um, you get those and they don't get them. That's a six-point swing. And, you know, all in all, they've done the little things. They've also had results. And I think that it's just pushing everything forward a lot faster than most people thought was even possible. Well, I think you're right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't think, I mean, there's some people that uh, maybe revisionist history. They've said, oh, you know, I always said the Jets were going to make the playoffs. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, you, you look at the summer and you look at, you know, what they did and they didn't do a whole lot on the ice, right? Like in terms of personnel, arguably the team got less skilled losing Paul Stasny and Adam, uh, Andrew Kopp. And, uh, and, 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 you know, it was just a head coaching change. And, you, you know, you wonder, I mean, my, my question going into season is how, how big of an impact can a head coach have? Well, I mean, that's been answered. I mean, it's, it's huge, right? I mean, you know, we, we kind of snickered at Kevin Shovel Day off when he, he kind of, it was a rebuttal from him. He, you know, he said, you know, there wasn't a whole, uh, somebody asked him a question, something like there wasn't a whole lot of big changes. And he called the hiring Rick bonus seismic, right? And, you know, all of us, you know, were like seismic. I mean, that would have been Barry Trotz, maybe, maybe Jim Montgomery or, you know, even um, uh, the guy from the Vegas, I can't remember his name right now, Bruce Cassidy. Um, but you know, it, it, it was, you know, it was almost like, you know, are you serious? Like, like Rick bonus? Like, I mean, I don't even think he was on your, like on your board, you know, going into the summer. Um, 
And then all of a sudden, I mean, he's become probably the, just the right coach for this team. I mean, sometimes it, it's not what you get, it's what you need, and and um, or not what you want, but what you need. And I think the Jets got what they needed. I mean, Barry Trotz might have might have been the best coach on the, on, on the market um, at the on the free agent coaching market at the time, but I'm not sure he would have been the best for the team. Now looking back at it, right, with the benefit of hindsight and all that. I'm not sure that that Barry Trotz would have been better for this club than Rick Bonus has because Rick Bonus has found a way to get Mark Shifley back into being Mark Shifley. He's found a way to strip the captaincy from Blake Wheeler and still extract probably a best the best season out of Blake Wheeler in the last couple. Um, <clears throat> he's found a way to um, stop Connor Hellbuck from getting shelled in you know inside the slot in in those high danger areas. The rush chances against on this team are significantly down. Um, from where they were in the last few seasons. I mean, those those are key pillars of why this team probably wasn't as good as it could have maybe been in past years, um, based on looking at this season. I mean, they had, they had, you know, this personnel, arguably a better personnel, as I said earlier. Um, but I think, you know, Rick Bonus is the guy that ties all this together. He's done it in a nice bow, um, and, and it's worked out for this team so far. And, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I mean, I'm intrigued, right? I mean, you know, I think a lot of us have, you know, been waiting to see on you know, when is this Jets team going to kind of peak? I mean, they, and, 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 and I'm wondering, you know, where that is now. I mean, this team seems to be, you know, be a bona fide playoff team. Um, where is the, where's the, where's the sky? Where's the ceiling for this team? Um, and I think we're going to see that. I mean, they're in the midst of a long, you know, every, basically a game every second night right now. Um, but again, there's, they keep winning. They keep finding ways to win, pull out victories and, and yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to watch, and it's been fun to watch because the hockey, the hockey itself, has been fun to watch. Well, you know, it has been, and the games have been fun. Uh, although, and this is something a chat, a, a conversation that's sort of going into the chat. So I'll um, I'll throw this out to you, and I know you've tweeted on this on a few of the slower yeah. games. I mean, why do you think there's not more people at the barn right now? <laughs> I talked about this yesterday when I was Ted Wyman on our own thing for the Sun. You know, it, it's a good question, and I, I don't have the best answer for it. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you could say it's a combination of a lot of things, right? I mean, uh, you know, inflation sucks right now. We're all feeling that, right? I mean, unless you're, you know, filthy rich or whatever, um, we're all feeling it. Um, so, you know, it's hard. Your discretionary money um, doesn't go as far as it would, but probably because, you know, you're paying more for groceries or gas or, or whatever it might be. It's also Christmas time coming up, and people got presents to buy and, and all that stuff. Um, I think there's still the apathy that was there, right? I mean, when's the shoe going to drop? When's this team going to not be good anymore? I mean, this is, is you know, are the analytic, are, are they going to, you know, regret? But is that what know? it is? Are we such a front-running town I, that I you know. only go to games I, I, because the team's great? Like, I hear so many excuses. I know. Like, by I, the not, way, you, yours truly in the chat, I would love to know, you're talking about the game production. Yeah. I go to every game. I mean, the people that I've talked to have all said that the, the game production is way better this year. I think they've done. I'd love to know how many games you've actually been to, or if that's just a take from things that you've heard or things that you remembered. But like, honestly, yeah. I just hear so many. Oh, ticket prices. Well, they you can get a ticket for forty nine bucks for some of these games that includes a beer. I, I mean, I think we're at a point where. I mean, there. You, everyone can make a ton of excuses why they won't. I mean, to me, listen, there's 82 games. There's a lot of people that aren't going to every one. But um, I, I, I don't see anything 
certainly that the team is doing on or off the ice that's not making it as accessible as it's ever been right now. Um, and I hope that if the team keeps playing the way that it is, it maybe does re-energize some people that were quite apathetic last year that have maybe been in a wait-and-see mode. Well, and I, you know, I, I agree with you. I, you know, here's the thing. So I bashed the in-game experience a lot, um, possibly because it was really bad. Like, it, it was bad before. Like, let's not make them, you know, you go to What was rings. bad? What was oh, bad? Because I hear the, these in, takes all the time. The I'd love to. presentation. I mean, things as small as, like, the music selection, right? Like, I mean, so here, here's the thing. I, I'm around. I go to a lot of the other rinks. I mean, you travel with, with the team. Um, you see all the things. I don't expect Winnipeg to be Vegas or Seattle, right? Like, I don't expect that. Those are teams that have that, that have kind of cultivated their own sort of thing. But I think that's kind of the problem with what the Jets have done. What what like when you go to a Jets game, you tell me, us like what is what is the thing that you go to the Jets game that the fan experience that you don't get anywhere else, right? And and I guess and you can answer that later. It's more of a you know kind of a rhetorical question, but you know like where do you go? And, and and so, like, what is, like, you know, Colorado's got the Blink-182 song, right? Or, you know, all the different places. Like, you know, you go to Chicago, you listen to Jim Cornelison sing the national anthem, it gets people fired up. I had goosebumps. Well, I'll tell you right now, you want to ask me? I'll answer. The Jets or the <laughs> leaders have put in their own goal songs. We've been talking yes, about it all year long. I'm that is that. leading. That's a perfect example I'm, of what I'm they're get, doing yes, this year. Exactly. And I agree with you. But this year, it has gotten better, markedly better, in my opinion. They're they're coming up with these different things. You know, if you're not on the road, but I see it on the road with like they they brought nearly all of their front office staff on the last road trip. They went through Minnesota, they went through Dallas, they went through Chicago. These people aren't there just to watch the games. They're seeing the in-game presentation in Dallas the other night. Their '90s night blew Winnipeg's '90s night out of the water. Um, it, it, it because it was just little things, right? They were playing old commercials from the '90s on the jumbotron, right? They were throwing shade on like Enron and all of these things, these old Enron commercials. And it was pretty funny. And like, and so they were getting people into it. And I think the Jets are just in a place where they're playing a lot of catch up across the league because in, in other markets, you know, that it, I agree uh, with. And, yeah. And then and the other thing, you know, the thing is like, that's the problem, right? It, it, you went nine or 10 years here expecting fans just to come because they got to watch a hockey game, right? They got to watch hockey back in Winnipeg. Now you're starting to see, well, this team wasn't good over the last couple of years, and especially last year. And you don't have a guy like Dustin Bufflin in your lineup anymore or whatever. You have a lot of good talent. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, it's just like pe- people were almost expected to come to the game, and it, you don't need anything else. It, you know, the, the other things, the amenities, all that, they came second to you get to watch a Winnipeg Jets hockey game, right? Well, now it's like, no, it's more than that. Like, I mean, across the league, I'm at a lot of the rinks, and you see it, it's a lot about getting the fans in the door. Um, you know, what, what can you do? Giveaways, all sorts of stuff, right? It's just the little things, the tokens of appreciation that I think mm-hmm. we're missing here for a few years, right? Um, you know, at towards the tail end of this honeymoon period and all that. Um, and, and, and you just, you didn't feel, I was in Philadelphia three years ago, they were giving away like iPads. It was fan appreciation night, right? They were giving away iPads and all this stuff. And I remember going back to the Jets appreciation night that year, and they were tossing away like T-shirts into the stands, right? You know, people can buy T-shirts. You know, it, it's not exciting, right? You know, is is it exciting to get a T-shirt anymore? From, Let me from ask the you fans? a real question, but, though, and I and I'll put this out to the chat: Is yeah. there a single person watching this or listening to this program right now 
that ever went to a game because of the game night experience or the giveaways as opposed to the actual product. Well, they wouldn't have uh, a chance though in number, the past, right? Because they weren't well, doing no, it here. L- l- well, right? l- no, for sure. But I mean, even still, like, you know, it at the end of the day, you nailed it right now. I mean, the team did, I think, under, you know, listen, I'm not going to point any fingers, but yeah, I think yeah, they took the season ticket said. base yeah. for granted for a long time. Yeah. And, and it was clear. And I can tell you as someone that has seasons, you know, I got a call from my uh, rep the other day. I got an email checking in, seeing how things are going. I mean, they're sort of getting back to doing business the way that we, and I say we because I was a big part of it, had to do to build up the Manitoba Moose coming off the apathy right. and disappointment that the Jets weren't done. Yeah. And then it almost seemed like it was too easy. Um, you know, they have realized that they've been lacking big time in those things. And, and But the, where that matters is season tickets. I mean that is, and that's sure. the backbone of your uh, of your club. Now, when you lose season tickets, which they certainly have, all of a sudden you lose the scarcity of the ticket, and that is maybe the biggest concern. And for sure. anyone that's yeah. going, oh man, we should have an eighteen or nineteen thousand seat arena, guys, that's not working in this market. I mean, they're oh. going to need to work to kind of make back some of the losses on their season ticket base to get to a point where. They're always comfortably in the 14, 14, 5, and then you have the additional tickets going to it. But I just find that, you know, there's so many excuses that can be made. But to be honest, Scott, there's one thing that comes back to it. And this team, and I'm not talking the organization, although that might be in a few small cases. This team last year, during the end, the last couple seasons of Maurice being here, the misery of last season. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The guys didn't seem like they were having any fun. They didn't seem like they particularly enjoyed being Winnipeg Jets, and that was palpable. And it yeah. honestly, that more than anything, contributed to the um, you know the apathy that sunk into a lot of fans. And that's the biggest enemy of any professional sports organization yeah. where people don't care, and that never was the case before. And I'll say this. To your point about playing catch-up, you're exactly right. They had a ton of catching up to do. They're way ahead of where I thought they could be at this point because I've been saying for a little while there was a reckoning coming for tickets and ticket buying that dated back three seasons. I mean, honest to God, it was the aftermath of the hangover of the run to the conference finals and everyone realizing, my God, I mean, you want to talk about ticket prices, just look at what the NHL charges for ticket prices in the conference finals and what that did to the market yeah. And the ability for people's buying power. So they've come a long way. But I mean, I think the biggest thing that if you want to be optimistic and look at things improving and getting better, it's the play of the team, but also the team itself and how they are embracing being Winnipeg yep. Jets. And a big part of it, too, is the organization finally having some people that whether they wanted to do it for a long time and got a no from the powers that be finally opening up these guys, making them yes, more personal. Their social media team's done an unbelievable <clears throat> job. And I really think that they've done yep. so many of the things that they needed to do. And I'm hoping they get the results because I'm not sure I can honestly look and pick at many of the things that they've implemented this year for the reasons why they were doing it and say that they haven't done a good job of many of those things. And the number one product is what we're seeing on the ice. Look at the standings. I, I I mean I agree with you. I mean you know th- I was going to get there. I mean uh, but I had you have to provide the context on this because it got it got bad, right? I mean and you agree too. It got bad. But yeah, they they've hired a couple people, Christina Litz and Kelly Shouldice for different content managers and 
and <clears throat> and stuff. They've been putting out great stuff. The runway series is good. Um, you know, you know, it, it, you know, it, you don't expect those things to be HBO level, um, but it, there's a little bit behind the scenes, the jackets, the little things after the game, uh, the stuff when they're coming out towards practice, answering the questions and this and that, like all those things go into it, right? But I think at the same time, like it's okay. It, you're like you still it's okay. You're gonna do this now. But I think it still takes some time to get people back through the door, right? I mean, you know, how long does. does this last for? Is this going to be, you know, are they just trying to do this to get tickets back up and then they do it? I don't think that's the case. I don't think you hire these people, do all this stuff, and then just, you know, I think this this team has learned a bit of its lesson, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think that's, you know, that maybe the biggest thing. But, you know, you know, I think, you know, the biggest thing that they could have done is just go down, you know, drive to 10 minutes from downtown to IGF or IG Field and watch what it's like there because there's been some lean years at those bomber games and I was at them. Um, but at the new, I mean, the rum hut, I mean, I mean, where you, I see you standing there all the time. I mean, I've been known to pop by there. <laughs> right. But I then. mean, but it's, so it's like, you know, it, it's just one of those things you can't recreate the rum hut at, you know, Canada life center. I get that. But it's just like, if you can find that little niche thing that a lot of people like to do and, and come and see and whatever it is, um, you know, it, it's it, it's like something like that can do wonders for this team. But like you said, I agree. The goal songs have been huge. You, you, there's a lot of social media on that. Like, what? Who is this song even? Right? Oh yeah. Who is this and stuff? Like, there's a lot. Of, I mean, I, I remember. You know, it was Josh Morrissey. You, his song came up every one, and he kind of just laughing about it, right? Uh, and Lowry's done it with Sandstorm. You know how I feel about Sandstorm. Um, Blake Wheeler with <laughs> Hypnotize. You know, like, and then they played it like extended almost because there was like a whatever. And so, like, yeah, like, they've done good things. And it's just like, you know, but, uh, you know, my thing is, and is, is you got to keep going with it. And that's, you know, that's the biggest thing for this team is you just have to keep going with it. Um, because I think the thing is people, you know, it's almost like, you know, prove it to me. Like, you know, show me what you've done lately, that sort of thing. I think people start coming back. $50 for a ticket and a beer is a pretty good price in this market. Trust me. Um, and you go and, you know, Seattle's charging $70 American for parking outside of uh what i remember driving past somebody posted it the other day some of these places charge like it, it's ridiculous that that's well, more than you could get and that's american listen that's, that's why i i laugh right? often when people are saying listen i get it things are expensive a lot of things today are expensive and guess what pro sports is expensive if we want to be in the national hockey league yeah. i hate to tell you yeah, folks right. but you're yeah. not going to be paying western hockey league or american hockey league prices for it yeah. and i'll say this um, and you know what? Part of it is having the ability to do it um, when you've got yeah. some empty seats, having some creative things to maybe open it up more to students that might have 50 bucks to go to a game but not have 120. I think that is a start. And, I, you know, I see this. This is a great quote from Rene Grujan, and I can't agree enough. The Jets have been slow to react in many aspects of the franchise. Promotions, fan experience, coachings, changes, roster ads. Uh, I'm really enjoying this season, though, and I think that you know, I, as I yeah. said, there was a reckoning. It was coming at a certain point. I think the pandemic delayed it. This was the sure. year that it sort of came to roost. And um, I think on a real positive level, there have been changes made. And listen, everyone can always find a reason not to go, not to do it. But um, I think the more this team plays the way that they're playing, I think the more that they expose this team and really who the players are to the market through some of the things that they're doing, 
they will be chipping away at that because it's night and day from last year. Both the team seems oh, yeah. night and day, the atmosphere around the games right now. And um, I guess, I guess yeah, my I message to you, and this is someone that is a season ticket or buying tickets like the rest of you. Uh, if you have been holding out, take advantage of some of these offers right now. I mean, I see a ton of comments. This season has been great. I've been able to go to more games. I'm getting a better deal. And that's what Winnipeggers like. And, at the end of the day, more often than not, we've seen a hell of a great performance from the Winnipeg yeah. Jets so far. Let's uh, get into tonight's game. Um, sounds yeah. like Big Stan's back in. Do, yeah. do we know what's up with DeMello? I mean, he hadn't been skating. He had missed a couple yeah, games. Yeah. Is this a lingering <laughs> thing, or is this something that got worse that we know coming out of the win against the Panthers? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what uh, – I like, I know he's, he was out. Um, I'm curious to know if he kind of aggravated that upper body thing that he was dealing with um that that kept him out those couple of games uh, on that road trip uh, back in uh, last week or two weeks ago now i guess it was um so yeah i i don't know exactly what, what what it is i haven't looked into it too much today i'm off but uh but yeah like it's one of those um yeah i think it's just one of those things where it it probably is lingering i mean if i had to speculate my guess it's it's a lingering thing that he's been playing through um and uh and yeah maybe aggravated in in the florida game not entirely sure I thought he got walloped on one of the plays too. Um, not the one he tried to dangle everybody, but uh, it was early on. Um, but yeah, either way, I mean, you know, with Logan Stanley being back, I'm a little surprised that they didn't put him on a conditioning stint. Um, but I mean, if Dylan DeMello is injured, then yeah, I, I kind of maybe understand why they didn't because um, they want to play him and, you know, they're not going to play Cal Capobianco. I think they want Stanley back in in the lineup um he hasn't played in obviously what what has been you know a month and a half now yeah five, october, five or six october weeks. 24th i mean yeah, basically yeah. six weeks and you know six what's weeks, funny yeah i mean obviously stanley's been a lightning rod for a certain performance yep. for section um but if you go back to his performances this year uh by almost any measure including the analytics absolutely they've been good yeah. i mean a lot of that has been quieted all that being said though i really think this is it's an opportunity, but also a challenge for Stanley to go in and remind yeah. the coaching staff that he is a viable option right now because both by what's happening in the standings and on the ice, the six guys that have been the regulars with Dylan Stanberg sort of in that sixth spot and the five other guys that we sort of knew were going to be part of that mix have done a pretty good job. Yes. And, I mean, that sort of competition, I'm sure, will be good for the Winnipeg Jets. But um, Logan Stanley's going to need to have a great performance to stay in that mix to be part of a top seven as opposed to a top six with a couple guys waiting for a chance due to injury. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Dylan Sandberg's played himself into a permanent role here, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, what is like, and, and I wonder like at some point, does the shoe drop here, right? Like at, at some point, does, does somebody get traded? And like, I understand the argument that you don't want to break up any of this team because it's running so well right now. Um, but what are you going to do then with Logan Stanley or Dylan Sandberg? Are you going to sit Dylan Sandberg? I mean, he's been playing great in my opinion. He's had a couple of mistakes. I don't think so. And, oh, you don't think so? You don't think he's playing great? No, no, I don't think he's oh, going to be okay. sat. Oh, I no, I mean, I think good, he, uh... I, I'm with you. I mean, no, no, no I, <laughs> yeah, I, I no, think yeah. that he is, I think he's quietly continued to grow yeah. as a regular everyday NHL defenseman. I think the team yeah. and the coaching staff has confidence in him. And, and listen, who that's comes not out then, right? Like who comes out unless somebody's injured and that's, so like at one point, like do, do the Jets need you know another top six forward or or a, a bottom six guy or you know you're obviously gonna have uh, Mason Appleton and and Nick Ehlers coming back at some point, 
Um, uh, but you know, do you want another right winger? Do you, do you feel like you need that? Because I mean, Mike Yesamont's been playing there, right? But you know, he said, Rick Bonus has said, is a bit of a revolving door there. They don't really have somebody that's going to kind of like stay there, right? And that's the other thing is like, you know, are they looking for maybe a middle six winger at the moment to kind of bolster the front end, especially with injuries they have now? Uh, so I'm wondering, you know, do you dangle one of your defensemen out there to try and make a move? That's what I wonder. And But I also don't think that the team wants to do that right now, right? I mean, I think that's maybe one of the biggest things is I don't think this team wants to, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that's, um, I think that's kind of the mantra right now. They don't want to almost, I, I don't want to say it, like, because I, I don't think it's a reward when you trade a guy that's been, uh, you know, an integral part of this team. And, you know, unless it's Logan Stanley they're trading, and I, I still don't think they're going to do that. They've held on to this guy um, for so long. I think they're waiting to see if it's going to work out, and they're going to give that a long lead. Um, well, but yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I just think at some point a shoe either needs to fall or, yeah, it's just going to be a revolving door at that six position. I think it's clear. I mean, they could absolutely use a tops. I mean, a guy that could play a middle six, at least, yeah. that could play a second-line role right now. I mean, listen, Mikey Asimov's been a great story, and he's there right now. Yeah. But, I mean, essentially, the top six is the top five right now, and right. whoever the other guy that's getting the opportunity. But I'll say this, and this goes back to – I mean, I remember Craig Heisinger telling me in the Moose days that, I mean, you need, if you want to make a run at a championship, you need 10 quality defensemen. And I think yeah. that number has been upgraded to 12 now that in, <laughs> you know, as the team's gotten into the NHL. So I think they feel that they're in a good place with the depth of their defense core. And I think they realize if they're going to get anywhere close to their goals of playing a long time in the playoffs, every one of those guys is going to be leaned on at some point, whether it's the regular season. And that includes Billy Hanel, who's in the, with the moose right now. Yeah. So if to your point, I mean, if they can continue getting the results that they're playing right now, yeah. and I think there's major benefits for a guy like HC want to get that opportunity at times, because you never know when they'll be back in and have the patience to continue keeping your head above water. Well, more than that right now until Ehlers comes back without depleting the blue line, you're in a pretty good spot right now. And uh, to your point, I mean, the record speaks for itself right now at 16, seven yeah. and one that the best thing is that Kevin, she Kevin Sheveldayoff's never really forced into anything no, outside no. of the Evander Kane trade, of course. And I guess potentially yeah. the line a deal. Um, but right now waiting has been, it's proven to be the prudent measure right now, both with the assets that they have and they haven't given away and where they are right now in the central. So here's a question for you in the chat. Did the jets have to go all in this year? Well, yes. what's, the, what's the definition of all in? <laughs> yeah, I heard you, Remo. I mean, well, yeah. Do they I, have to go all in this year? Like, is yes. this the year that you have to move out somebody on defense? I know you're 10 to 12 guys and all that stuff from Heisinger, but is this the year that this team needs to go for it, right? Like, because, well, go okay, for, so, going for it would be moving out top prospects. would be moving uh, out guys that probably aren't I agree. there. But, so is the, window, is the window this year, and does it slam shut next year because of the only way that the window doesn't slam shut next year is if you deal with your summer problems next this summer. And so if you're fine with that, then maybe this year isn't the year that you go and splurge, right? But next year you got to worry about losing Blake Wheeler, which is, I think is, you know, that one's okay. But, you know, Mark Shifley, what are you doing with him? Where, what's the deal with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois? And then what are you doing with Connor Hellebuck, right? So is this the year, right? Because if it's not this year, then you go into next year 
And let's say you're even better than it is this year. All those guys are free rentals, right? It's this year. I mean, it's, it's this it's, year, right? I mean, I agree year. with you. And I, that's no, what my question I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Listen, so I mean, I'm sure people in the chat moves, will agree. Uh, well, I mean, like, I don't know if there's any urgency to do anything right now. I mean, to be well, perfectly so honest they, with you, the longer they wait, the better of a situation they're in at the trade deadline as far as having that? caps. Yeah. Well, absolutely. But what about having guys get integrated into the system now or just after Christmas? So you run into the playoffs not having a guy that's been added in March and going, right? But you get a guy now that that's really a part of the team and it's not just like this kind of, you know, quote unquote rental, right? I mean, I guess that's... That's where well, I wonder, well, it right? all it all depends on what the contract status of those players are. I mean, sure. we've been kicking around a guy like Brock Besser. Well, Besser's got a little yeah. bit of term left on his contract, yeah, right? Two more years. After and, and, and I would imagine that that's the sort of player that the Jets would love to have, um, especially with the possibility of some of those guys that you mentioned going out. I mean, for me, as long as this team stays in the area code that they're in right now, absolutely, they're buyers. I think it opens up more aggressive moves. And I yeah, think really I, they have to do that. And then once you get to next season, to me, there are two things that need to be figured out early on in the summer. Yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois, yeah. Connor Hellebuck. I mean, Agreed. those are the yeah. two guys. And, you know, listen, if Mark Shifley stakes around for one more year and fulfills his contract and plays 11 years for the Winnipeg Jets. And at that point, you've got Chaz Lucius and Brad Lambert two more years in and maybe ready to upgrade a role. You might take a little bit of a step back for a period of time, but like, I'm not sure how prudent it is to sink big money into Shifley from 31 years old on. Yeah. I mean, there's an argument the way he's playing for sure. But oh, again, what does that cost body. and yeah. how long is that deal? Yeah. I mean, we've heard Cheval Dayoff mention the legacy contract of Blake Wheeler. And listen, Wheeler's playing great right now, but you knew that there was a risk in that with the age of him and what sure. you were going to be getting in the last couple of years. But to me, it's Dubois and, and Hellebuck. Hellebuck's the most important piece of this entire club do what it takes to get him signed and have him be here long term. Ten mil, and then ten mil. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm just making sure we're on the same page. Yeah, dude, he's the best goalie in the league. I agree. I mean, I agree. maybe I it's more than that. Every penny of it. And to be honest, whatever yeah. it takes. I mean, for Dubois too, right? It, and well, yeah. I, I mean, listen, not not maybe at that number, but um, no, yeah, no. But I think you're looking to get him signed long term. And listen, maybe it's a shorter term, like the line. A deal. Deal. I mean, maybe, five, yeah, four maybe it's deal. four, maybe yeah. it's five. That's fine. I mean, listen, if I'm Dubois and you know, they're giving me what I want and I like the team and I feel good about where the team's at right now, maybe you can do it longer. But the bottom line is you're buying yeah. a few years of unrestricted free agency and hearing him around. You know, could Shifley be a guy on an expiring deal? Yes, next year, absolutely. Um, I'm sure they would prefer not to have him walk at the end of the year for nothing. I'm sure they'd probably try and work out some sort of deal to have him stay. And a lot of it depends on how the team does, how much guys want to stay, and the more a team wins and the more they have fun together, the better the chances of making that happen are. But Hellebuck is number one, and Dubois is very close 1B. Because, of course, the thing with Dubois is, and... You know, we can't talk about Dubois ever without mentioning how he was acquired. If Kevin Cheveldayoff yeah. has Dubois come in and play these two seasons and then walks for nothing and Lion is an asset of the Blue Jackets signed, I mean, that's just not a good look. And it really, really is impactful to the club. So oh, they yeah. got to figure that situation out. And if it's not happening, they've got to make a move and get something for that asset that can continue to help the team. But back to your original question. I would maybe not have been as bullish on this idea 
if the team was just scratching around potentially sure. being a playoff team. But with the way Halibut's playing, with the way they've bought in, with what they've been able to acquire and accomplish so far this season, I absolutely think that we'll see a... Uh, well, we'll have some fun trade talk conversations when you're with us on the show right now, and I think it's it's an opportunity that this team has earned by the way they've played and the results they've had so far this year. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I you know the reason I pose the question is you know I, like I think this is the year that you got to go for it. If unless you got some sort of yeah, and they just don't right. They don't have the certainty that any of these guys are going to resign, and so that's where it's like this season maybe becomes the most you know prudent season in terms of you know you know well nothing's guaranteed past this year i am absolutely exactly right and so you know that's the thing and we've seen this this sort of thing flops on its head all of the time and that's why it's so risky right because because you do have some of your prospects in there are you willing to trade billy hanala are you willing to even look at other guys like you know this is the thing and so this is going to require something from kevin shoveldale that we probably haven't seen and it is you know that aggressiveness right like that you know, I know I need to go out and get these guys and I got to do it and it doesn't matter what it costs. And the problem with is like, you're going to hear names and because there's going to be teams that want Chaz Lucius or there's going to be teams that want Billy Hainala or there's going to be teams that want Arvid Holm or, or Oscar Selman, I, or, I can't, Selman and, and, and maybe even Rutger McGrory. And so it's like, you know, who is untouchable in this team and how much is, what is the cost and where, where do you risk, what, do, what are you willing to risk you know, to try and have a banner here. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's, you know, the biggest thing. And, and, um, you know, the deep playoff run here, um, you know, make no mistake, there's nothing that this front, you know, that true North wants more than the gate and, and all of that stuff that goes along with it. Um, the ticket sales, all that stuff. Um, then a, a deep playoff run here. And, you know, so uh, again, the question is, you know, is this the year? And then what is this team willing to risk? Um, to go for it because I mean I think if it flops it's going to cost somebody their job um, if it flops it could cost a couple of bad years here if it flops it could cost you know a couple of those guys maybe not resigning um, but at the, you know, the, the the high risk high reward here the high reward potential is that you know you get a couple of these guys like maybe Connor Hellbuck and Pierre Dubois like you said it's like yeah this team <clears throat> is on the cusp um, and and they're willing to do what it takes to win yeah and I see my, you know, you know, if, if you're a player, I, I see myself, you know, winning a Stanley Cup here and 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 becoming a legend. Essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, a 180 I mean, from what we talked crazy. about at the end of last yeah. season, and that's why I'll entertain the possibility of Dubois staying a hell of a lot more than right now with the way the season's going than what happened last year. Listen, we got to yeah. run. We got Frankie Corrado yeah. coming up. Bill, a great conversation as always. Take it easy, and we'll catch up next week. Sounds good, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, that. appreciate it. All right, there's Scott Billick. As I mentioned, we've got some more Jets talk with Frank Corrado coming up. And then our first of 12 Marbles qualification races. Um, but I do want to thank and give a big happy holidays to our friends at Princess Auto. Um, great sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Manitoba's top curlers. We'll get into a little more curling now that the CFL is done and check in with Reed Carruthers and Jennifer Jones and whatnot, of course, all part of the Princess Auto team. Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them and do that holiday shopping at two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online and get the wheels turning 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Culligan Water. 
celebrated over 65 years as a family-owned business taking care of Manitobans' water needs for decades. Culligan's got everything you and your family need. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. Give them a call at 204-694-5180 or find out all about their water products and services available for you online at drinkculligan.com. Hey, gang, I know many of you are going to be popping by the Manitoba Liquor Marts over the course of the next couple of weeks getting ready for the holidays. Make sure you pop by and grab Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey and our great sponsor, Canadian Club. But while you're at it, check out the Jim Beam displays at the 20 biggest liquor marts in the city because Bomber fans, with a purchase of Jim Beam, you'll get a free Winnipeg Blue Bomber Collector Cup this year's edition featuring quarterback Zach Caleros, Adam Big Hill, and Bomber star Nick Dembski. Check out your Jim Beam display at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts today. And uh, just before we get to Frank Corrado, don't forget tonight's Thursday night football. Hit this Rams-Raider game with Dustin Nielsen on the lock shop. Check that out. By the way, we went perfect last night. Shout out to everyone that was riding. Uh, but BP is the place to go for Thursday night football. Still a chance to win that great New Year's trip to see the Raiders and Niners in Vegas on New Year's weekend and a bonus Vegas Golden Knights game on New Year's Eve. Great specials, chances to win, and more. Watch the NFL and double it up tonight with Winnipeg Jets hockey at your local Boston Pizza. And if you're staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, marbles coming up. But first, let's welcome in TSN's Frank Corrado for a little more hockey talk on WST. Frank, thanks so much for joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's great to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. Hey, uh, just before we get into the Jets and everything going around the National Hockey League, I have to commend you on a great, I mean, you seem to be everywhere on TSN right now. I mean, you're doing radio, you're doing TV. Yesterday, you were doing color commentary. Fill people in on all the many, the jack of all trades right now of uh, TSN Hockey and SportsCenter. Well, here's the deal. So as a player, I was often injured, so I wasn't very available. But now in the second career, I'm not taking as many hits in my uh, groins, hips, and knees uh, seems to be taking less of a beating, so I'm actually very available for work, um, and that's that's been boding well for uh, you know my time at TSN, and um, you know it's it's been a nice transition as, as a player to stay involved in the game, and uh, you know I think I I didn't play the most NHL games by any stretch of the imagination, but I've been on an NHL roster for a long time, have some unique experiences playing in the American Hockey League uh, as a bubble player, fringe player healthy scratch guy, guy who's been relied upon, then playing in Europe. So I can provide some some different perspectives. And, um, you know, I've, I'm pretty current as well. So I think that's that's something that's that's unique to my standpoint. And, and it's been fun. It's been fun to, you know, follow the Canadian teams and keep tabs on them and, and kind of provide some kind of insight for, you know, for viewers of the game. Well, I, I can tell you that um, I've really enjoyed it. And just like any, everything, I mean, the, the more you do it, the better you get. And uh, you seem like an old pro already. So, uh, I mean, it's great to have you on the program. I know people were fired up saying that uh, you're going to jump on with us. We got to talk about the Winnipeg Jets right off the bat. I mean, I know you're covering all the Canadian teams in the National Hockey League at large, but uh, 
I don't think there's many people in the group chat that maybe had the Jets waking up in first place at this point of the season. I mean, uh, from a step back, what have you seen from the Winnipeg Jets and how surprised are you what they've been able to do under Rick Bonus right now in the early December in first place? And I, I don't mean this as a slight to Rick Bonus or the Winnipeg Jets, but they've been that team that everyone always talks about as this um, team in waiting, you know, especially in Canada, always the best team in the country and, you know, quite honestly, they've they've come out flat in a lot of seasons and failed to deliver on that. Um, so going into this season, my expectations for the Winnipeg Jets were not very high, especially with you know, all the noise that surrounded this team in the offseason. Um, and to see where they're at now has been incredibly impressive. And, you know, when you watch more games and you kind of take a look at, at the numbers that follow this team, it's no accident that they're waking up at the top of the division today. And um, you know, the, the one way I, I love to describe the Winnipeg Jets is they, and it's so cliche when people say, yeah, you play a 60 minute game, but you know, what does that actually mean? Um, and, and the Winnipeg Jets embody that a little more than other teams and other teams play this type of hockey where, you know, it's like on the ice. Now I need to score a goal or I need to assert myself offensively because that's what I do. Now, when I watch the Winnipeg Jets play, just seems like they they play the same team shift over shift period over period and they're really good at kind of chipping away at teams um and so you, you don't necessarily win the game in the 35th minute or the 45th minute but by 60 minutes you can tell who they're playing has just been like oh bored by winnipeg you know just kind of rolling it over and, and it's a great recipe because when you have a goaltender like Connor Hellebuck, who's had the season he's had. And, um, you know, you, you have uh, new systems in place, the way Rick Bonus has kind of structured this team. Um, it, it's the right recipe for them to win games, and, and we're seeing it on a, on a fairly consistent basis so far this season. Well, and, and, you know, you mentioned Rick Bonus, and, I mean, we've, my God, it's like 75% of the show these days are just talking about things that he's done and how things have been different and changed, and obviously a big part of that was Paul Maurice's return on Tuesday. But you mentioned a lot of the noise around the team. Um, we heard some of the most uh, interesting, damning comments from players on a team at the end of last season. They were open and honest, and it was obvious the frustration level was beyond anything that we've seen before. It has been a complete 180 right now, Frank. And I just, as someone that's played in a room, when you come off a very discouraging season, one where you underachieved, how difficult is it to get the majority of those same players to come back in a completely different headspace, buy into something new? And once you do that, how important is getting the results to continue that going in the right direction like we're seeing right now with Winnipeg? Yeah, it's interesting. It feels like as a, as a player or as a group that's had a lot of continuity together, and I can tell you firsthand from being a player in the league and in the NHL and AHL, Winnipeg Jets, and you see a lot of guys stick around. You don't see a ton of turnover with this team. Um, and as a player, like watching from afar, you think to yourself, okay, like they really believe in their guys. They they the, they bring guys in with a purpose, and they give them a lot of runway there. When you look at it from the outside, you think it's a good place to be as a player. You know, I, I understand there's there's certain challenges and hurdles that the the Winnipeg market may have in recruiting players. Yeah, but when you look at that from the outside, you think, okay, that's that, that's a place where I, I can have a little runway to thrive as a player. 
And, you know, as far as the noise around the team in the offseason and the same group coming back, it almost has to get to the point where you look at it and say, okay, there's no other options for us here. Like, we're the guys that need to find a way to get this done. And, you know, you make a couple changes internally. I know you bring in a new head coach and, you know, you take the C away from Blake Wheeler. And for a guy like Blake Wheeler, who's been around the league a long time, is a well-respected guy, veteran guy, for him to come out and have the season that he's had and, you know, by all accounts, it looks like he's been very positive and, and uplifting with this group. And, you know, I, I think that speaks to the the mindset that you have as a player and going into a season like this. So um, it, it's surprising because you would look at it and think, well, like, what's what's going to change? You have the same guys. What, what's going to change if you took a C off of someone's sweater? But I don't know the way this group is playing like they're they're kind of turning more people into believers and they're doing that with their play not necessarily with um their mo or their reputation or their their timeline for winning now it almost seems like they're playing with house money um and anyone who's watched the jets for you know for a duration of this season knows that they're playing good hockey and, and it's no accident that they are where they are you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk, Frank, about uh, Josh Morrissey. And I know you were had uh, there's been on TSN.ca talking about if Josh Morrissey, a true number one defenseman in the NHL. And I think there are justifiably questions about Josh as that elite number one defenseman. Certainly he was the number one defenseman on the Winnipeg Jets for the last few years. But it seems like, you know, not just this season. It started last year, but he's emerged into, I mean, a real difference maker that can eat up minutes, can play in all situations. I love your perspective on the growth of Morrissey into what he is right now for this team on the Jets blue line. That's been interesting because, you know, I, I've been around for Josh Morrissey's whole career, you know, going back to those young stars tournaments in Penticton with all the rookies. And when I saw him come in, I saw this really skilled player, excellent skater. It almost just seemed like he was gliding all over the ice. He made everything just look so effortless and smooth. Um, and so when you have that base, you have that skill set, that's not going anywhere, especially for a guy like Morrissey. And so now we're seeing him kind of evolve into this true number one guy who, you know, has the points to say that he's knocking on on the door to that, you know, that elite defenseman in the National Hockey League. And I know there's always popular names, right? Like McCarr, Yossi, Hedman. But every so often, every few years, there's a little bit of a changing of the guard. There's a passing of the the torch. And, you know, since Kale McCarr's come in the league, we've seen him arrive and and, and be a big-time player. And, you know, there's nothing to say that, that Josh Morrissey can't be that next guy, especially when he's getting the minutes that he's getting under Rick Bonus. Like, I can't tell you how many times I would see uh, a Winnipeg power play in the past come over the, come over the boards and thinking to myself, okay, like I like Josh Morrissey should be he should be playing a minute twenty on every power play. That's that's your number one guy, um, especially since you know years have gone on since you've lost Dustin Bufflin, who used to eat a lot of those minutes. And I know there's times where the Winnipeg team is won and lost, but Josh Morrissey, his his command with the puck, his poise with the puck. You know, every time I watch him take a shot and, and they, they kind of slow it down and do a slow-mo, I'm always so impressed that I mean, this guy doesn't even, even look down at the puck. You know, his head is up the entire time. So, you know, you, you kind of package that up with the way the the forwards on the team have, have delivered this season. I know it was a slow start for Kyle Connor, but 
you know, when you have that that base of of foundation and skill set on Josh Morrissey, and you have a team that's playing with a little more urgency, a little more compete. Um, it, it it's a great sign for him, and I think a lot of the credit. And I know you guys have been talking about Rick Bonus a lot. A lot of the credit has to go to Rick Bonus. Like we heard earlier on, how you know he was talking with Josh Morrissey earlier in the season about how he can be a better player. He can be more in this league. And I can tell you firsthand, I played for Rick bonus. He is an excellent communicator. He lets you know exactly what he wants from you. And of course, like any other coach, he's demanding, but he does it in a way that, you know, he has a lot of respect for his players. Like just it's it, sometimes it's, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And that's what Rick bonus is, is, is one of his strengths for sure. So, you know, the fact that he comes in and, you know, he has expectations for Josh Morrissey, but maybe he's able to lay out that expectations in a way that really, um, you know, really sinks in for a guy like Morrissey. Um, that's got to play a big part of it. And I can tell you as a player, anytime a coach takes the time to talk to you on a personal level and say that, hey, I believe in you. I believe there's more to you. And this is how I think you can get there. Um, you really catch the player's attention. Um, and, and you, and you feel like there's, there's a little bit of a, a spark that ignites. So, um, it, yeah, I'm not surprised that, that Josh Morrissey is having a season that he's had because the skill set is there and you add in a guy like Rick bonus, who, you know, who has laid out a little more of expectations for him and does it in a way that's, that's really gotten through and communicated well. And this is the result you get. You know, Frank, it's such a great point in that, you know, we heard about, you know, Rick calling Josh shortly after he became the head coach and said, you're the guy we focused on when I was in Dallas. And <clears throat> next year, like, I'd like to see your name in the top 10 voters for the Norris Trophy. And to some people, well, that's ambitious. But I think we're seeing you certainly capable of it. But from a defense perspective overall, one of the things he said in training camp was that they did not get enough from their defense last year. I believe the Jets scored 20 goals from the blue line, and he wanted that to be 40 or 45 and wanted the defenseman to activate more. And part of that was getting buy-in from the forwards, which, to be honest, wasn't really there last season to back them up. From a defense perspective, from a guy that's, you know, maybe not Josh Morrissey, but one of the other top six, what is that sort of messaging from a head coach do? And what does that task i guess to activate to be a little more aggressive how does that affect your play and maybe your enjoyment of what you're doing there's a few different parts to it right so you can tell your group that you want more from your defense but if your defense can't provide more the forwards are not looking to pass the puck to the point the forwards are not looking to get the defense engaged in the rush forwards are going to be looking for their own line mates they're going to be looking for that pump that pop pass that bumper pass into the middle of the ice but when you have guys like Josh Morrissey, who's obviously very gifted offensively, the guy like Neil Pionk, who's put up great numbers in this league as an offensive defenseman, there's no reason why those guys can't get more involved. And, you know, I, I've been a part of teams where defensemen just hang out at the blue line and that's it. You don't enter the zone. You're always at the blue line and, you know, you play very conservative. Also played part of teams where, they want defensemen creating a little more chaos in the offensive zone because any time as a defenseman you can activate off the blue line and all five guys are on the same page, all you're doing is creating a little bit of a mess for the defensive zone team. And you know who's usually covering a defenseman? It's a winger. And wingers have a tendency to be, 
let's say, not the best as far as uh, their defensive zone coverage. You have two defensemen. You have a centerman who's, you know, well-versed in that situation. So it makes sense that you can get rolling around and kind of get wingers confused um, on the defensive side of things. So that has to be something that's really drilled into the team earlier on, right? And that's something that you're going to go back to training camp, right? And one of the first meetings when you're talking about your offensive zone structure and your philosophies is going to be, we want to place more emphasis on getting our defensemen involved in the rush and on offensive zone play. And this is how we're going to do it. And there's certain triggers on the ice. For instance, if you're a forward and you're coming around the net, you're going to get to a decision time around the goal line where you're going to decide, is that when I'm going to move the puck up to the blue line? Or is that when I'm going to cycle it back down towards the net? The higher you get up as a forward into the zone, into that hash marks top of the circle area, now you've just skated into your defenseman. So now the defenseman has a decision to make. Am I going to dive through into the middle of the ice and try and create an opening that way? And that starts to become a little more of a high-risk game. So if you have everyone on the same page understanding, okay, this is when we're going to get it to the defense. This is when we're going to get it to the defense off the rush. Um, you know, and, and Winnipeg has been a very good team off the rush. They've been very effective that way uh, for me. Like when I watch them play, that's a strength of their team. They're very quick through the neutral zone. They like to attack in numbers. The next step for them, and you can see that they're working towards that, and it sounds funny to say that they're working towards something, even though they're first place in the central division, is turning that really strong rush play into a five-man unit in the offensive zone that gets the defense rolling around, gets the defense um, you know, engaged in the play and having forwards that are okay with saying, okay, your Pionker going in and getting involved. And I'm Mark Shifley, even though, you know, I want to hang out and grab a one timer or get a, a, a wrist shot in the, in the high slot. I'm okay. Hanging out at the top because I understand these guys can contribute and, and this is our philosophy and this is our scheme. And this is something that we do as a team. And eventually over time, you know, it's going to, it's going to pay off for us. Craig Corrado, TSN Hockey, with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Jets taking on the St. Louis Blues tonight. I've got to ask you about St. Louis, Frankie, in that, I mean, they have been the streakiest team so far this year. They were 3-0 and coming into Winnipeg. The Jets beat them pretty good. They lost the next seven in a row, eight in a row in regulation overall, then rattled off seven in a row in the win column, and now it seems they're going the other way. Jordan Bennington's having more meltdowns right now. I mean, I'm not sure how much you've seen of St. Louis, but any thoughts on the up-and-down nature, which is back in a down for Craig Berube right now heading into tonight's game? It's tough to explain because I would have been one of those guys that had the St. Louis Blues um, not in the position that they are, let's say that. Um, and we've seen a lot of streaky teams throughout the season. Like Buffalo was great to start the season and lost a bunch in a row. And Calgary was the same way, started the season great, lost a bunch. We're seeing these teams that are either winning a lot or losing a lot. And, you know, when I watch the St. Louis Blues play, you know, the, the, the few times that I have this year, and they kind of roll into that category of teams that are maybe slowing down a little bit foot speed wise. We're just seeing a really, really fast league right now. Like if you watch the New Jersey Devils play, it is up tempo, it's transitioned quick, and there's so much speed and you know, they're a smaller team, but man, it feels like you don't have the puck much when you play against them. And, you know, the St. Louis team for, for what they lack in speed, team speed, you would think they would make up for in, in veteran experience in the league, right? When you talk about the guys 
that have been around a long time on the back end, down the middle of the ice. You know, when you look at that team, you're like, this is a very well put together team. And then you add in the fact that you have some, some young emerging talent and Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, but you know, for some reason or another, the St. Louis blues team has been a pretty big underachiever. And that's great news for the Winnipeg Jets because you're playing a very consistent brand of hockey. Your goaltender's playing great. Your scorers are scoring goals. And, you know, for, for a team like St. Louis, it's going to be a very difficult task. We talked about it earlier about how Winnipeg plays this, you know, very consistent style of game that they just kind of keep throwing, uh, rolling over at you, like very consistent. And um, it's going to be a tough one for St. Louis. Uh, I can't have you on today without asking you about Tage Thompson. <laughs> what a show last night. I mean, four goals in the first period, five on the night, like a miserable season, another miserable season in Columbus. But um, how excited should Sabres fans be about the future and in particular about the development of this guy into like a legitimate superstar? Very, very excited. And I remember when that trade happened, Tage Thompson was with the Buffalo Sabres, eventually went down to the Rochester Americans where I was playing against him. And you could see that this guy had all the tools. He's a big guy, had a great shot. Just didn't really have that engine yet. Didn't have that motor. Well, when you watch him play this year, you're seeing that engine. He's driving a lot of play. and um, He's super, super deceptive. That's the one thing that really stands out. I understand he's got the fantastic shot. But, you know, it seems like every time a defenseman may have him, uh, Tage Thompson has one extra move. Anytime a goaltender thinks they have Tage Thompson, there's one extra move. And because he's got so much range, you know, he's such a long, lanky guy, uh, he's able to find his way around defensemen and goaltenders. And, you know, he's having a fantastic season. And there's another thing where, you know, you talk about patience and, you know, talked about it earlier about how the Winnipeg Jets, their philosophy with their young players and their core, um, you know, they've been very patient with this group. Well, there's a team in Buffalo that, you know, you traded Ryan O'Reilly for this guy. Um, and, you know, you don't see the results right away, but man, you're seeing them in a big way now. And, you know, credit to them for being patient and bringing this guy along. And, you know, you're going to reap the benefits. He's, he's an exceptional player. Um, he's got a lot of fantastic tools and he's really, really exciting to watch. I mean, last time we saw a guy that big that could shoot the puck that well, um and skate that well it's i mean there, there's guys that they come along every once in a while and guys that ovechkin of course is you know probably gonna break the goal scoring record at some point in the national hockey league but you know to to have this guy emerge as this kind of talent for buffalo um it, it's huge for that team that's you know that's been through a lot done a lot of losing and now you have a you know a superstar on a on a whole league scale the biggest question I think that people ask is how the heck he lasted till 26th in the first round in the draft. I mean, you know, we know how much teams value size. And when you have that entire package, uh, the only thing I can suggest that at that time, he hadn't showed the glimpses of the player that he's turned into be right now, despite the size, which often, as we know, in the draft gives guys the benefit of the doubt and gets them drafted higher than they normally would be. It's hard because you have to talk to amateur scouts because, you know, they watch players play a lot in their draft year. And then, you know, the lead up to that is, is maybe not as much, you know, you see them play a little bit, but you really focus in on, on the players who are getting drafted that year. And so for Tage Thompson, everyone kind of develops at their own pace, right? Everyone develops into 
players that they're going to be at different stages in life. And, you know, there's great example, the Tanev brothers, right? Like Chris Tanev in Calgary and Brandon Tanev in Seattle. At one point, both those guys were not playing hockey. They had quit hockey for a certain point in their minor hockey careers. And now they're NHL players. And so if you're a, a parent of a, of a kid and you hear that, you, you, you almost can't even comprehend it because you're like, wait a second. My kid's been playing AAA. He's been the best in his age group. He scores all these goals. How can a guy who, who didn't play hockey for two or three years as a teenager turn into an NHL player? Well, the guy hit a growth spurt at the right time. He was actually a really smart hockey player to begin with, um, but just couldn't, you know, couldn't put it together at the right time. And so now you see what happens where not necessarily a sprint for a young hockey player. It is a marathon. And, you know, I can tell you firsthand, I was one of those guys. I made my NHL debut at 20 and, you know, five years later, six years later, it was a struggle to stay in the league. Um, and certain things happen along the way that they kind of deter you, but you know, it really puts it in perspective, the, the mental fortitude uh, for a guy like Tage Thompson, who, you know, has had ups and downs, has had struggles. And, you know, now he's emerged as this, you know, incredible talent, um, you know, on the biggest scale. So, you know, you give that player a lot of credit physically for his abilities, but mentally to stay with the grind and understand that, you know, it is a marathon and there's a lot of time uh, for you to develop into the player that you know you can be. No, pretty special performance last night and a great season so far. Frank, listen, this has just been awesome. Really enjoying all your contributions to TSN. One of the busiest guys in the building. Hopefully we can do this again sometime in the new year. All right, great stuff from Frankie Carrado. Really enjoyed that uh, conversation. All right, gang, it's just about time for marbles. First of all, got to shout out our friends at Little Brown Jug. Holidays are here. You're entertaining. You're enjoying yourselves. Maybe just kicking back and taking advantage of some time away to watch all the great sports going on right now. Uh, nothing that makes that cold one better than when you've made the right choice of Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. Pop by the uh, brewery and tap room on William Avenue. You can try them all. Take home whatever you need for the holidays. And by the way, actually, I guess you can see this. Got a nice Little Brown Jug uh, sweatshirt on today. Got amazing merchandise as well. All available there. And it's also all available online with citywide delivery for both beer and merchandise. So check out the website as well. And hey, if you're not downtown, you can always grab Little Brown Jug at your favorite local beer store. And fine bars and restaurants will have 1919 on tap. Make sure you make that your choice the next time you pop by there. Uh, and hey, shout out to Nick and Nikki and the Nick and Nikki DQ group. Uh, it's a little cold outside, but it's never too cold for a delicious DQ blizzard. Not to mention their amazing burgers, fries, chicken fingers, and more. Great for the whole family. Visit them at one of four Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba locations, DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, both with drive throughs DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's, also available on your local delivery apps. And, hey, they're also, uh, you can hit them up on Instagram if you'd like. Why not a custom festive holiday ice cream DQ cake from Nick and Nikki for the holidays? Let them know what you're looking for. They'll get it ready for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. All right, gang. Marble race is about to go down. Entries are open. If you just popped in, exclamation mark marbles. we got a great crew already in for it. And um, just as we get to the cool bet lines before we do it, a huge thanks to the Consolidated Supply Group. If you're just popping in wondering what the heck we're doing, Fridays, you know marbles is uh, our favorite thing, a very popular feature of the program. Well, starting today, there's the 12 days of Christmas. We've got the 12 days of marbles. 
12 consecutive days with a qualifying race. And we're going to have our top three marbles from today's race entered into win bomber season tickets. We'll qualify three marbles a day. And then on the final act of 2022, on December 30th, our Tournament of Champions will wrap up with a marble race, and the winning marble will get a pair of Bomber Season tickets courtesy of our great sponsors over at Consolidated Supply at 1395 Nyaqua Road. So last call for marbles if you haven't gotten in there already. And while we do that, let's take a quick look at our Cool Bet lines for the friends at Cool Bet. Again, I, I know it sometimes sounds like I'm Barry Horowitzing myself about watching the lock shop. At this point, folks, it's a PSA. Dusty and I, a perfect night in the National Hockey League last night, a th plus 375 parlay, a plus 513 parlay, and got some great notes from lock shop listeners and viewers that have now themselves got into the top 100 on the Cool Bet leaderboard tailing some of our picks hopefully we can continue that going i'll be honest i had a real tough time making picks for this game tonight against the raiders and the rams got on the rams at plus seven a little earlier right now it seems to have settled at six and a half the total is now at 42 it was at 43 earlier uh, and my favorite primetime pick is always the over three and a half field goals definitely on that today and I think the Kubek guys just said that they've also expanded it to over four and a half field goals. Maybe a little touch on that. I have a feeling we'll be getting more field goals than touchdown tonight, Tobin, for sure. Check out the lock shop on the new YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe there. We're giving away $1,000 when we hit 1,000 subscribers. Um, six and a half is the game tonight. 42 in the NFL. And as far as the NHL goes, busy slate tonight. The Jets and Blues opened up as a pick of minus 108 on either side. The Jets now a pretty heavy, well, heavier home uh, road favorite, minus 122 on Winnipeg and St. Louis paying plus 104. Other games tonight, Lightning a minus 178 favorite against the Predators. Leafs laying minus 181 at home against the Kings. The Panthers back off that road trip, hosting the Detroit Red Wings, who are quietly 13-7-5 on the season. Panthers minus 203, Dallas minus 196 at home against the Ottawa Senators. Those are your games tonight. If you haven't played a cool bet before, make sure to check out the cool bet exclusives. I've got one for tomorrow, boosted up to plus 410 for the World Cup. All teams to score one goal or more. Netherlands, Argentina, Croatia, Brazil. A little nervous about Croatia, but I do think they can do it. Um, so plus 410 on that. I'm on it enjoy the games tomorrow and again use the promo code wst at CoolBet. if you haven't used the promo code i haven't made a deposit before get you a 100 bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit all right reem let's wrap up the uh wrap up marbles qualification registration and get after it and by the way gang there is another opportunity to enter to win and this is perfect for podcast listeners or people that can't get in um remo fill us in if you go to winnipegsportstalk.com slash marbles yes um, we've got another way to register and we'll be picking three registrants from there and we'll probably do another three contestants maybe on the consolidated supply instagram page we'll keep you up to date on that we'll uh, confirm that bottom line is right now get in the marble race get ready to drop them uh but there is still another opportunity if you're not able to win through qualifying in one of the 12 qualification races yeah first of all uh, shout out to t coin of poly for the super chat it's not gonna juice up your marble thanks but, uh, Polly. it is uh, it is always appreciated uh Polly and 
yeah, if you want to get in, winnipegsportstalk.com slash marbles. A um, bunch of ways you can get uh, entries, and we'll pick a couple from that. But we'll also be doing 245. Well, just open the marbles 245, even if you don't say that it's open, because uh, on the show, uh, we were doing that conversation with Frank Corrado. But we'll just do a 245, and we'll run it after. I've picked a couple tracks for this. Uh, I went through them, so... I'm, I, this is going to be exciting, as I see a lot of people here, a lot of people fired up uh, for the marbles. Uh, certainly a great time of year. There is people in chat that don't really know how they said, I thought marbles was Friday. But no, it is the 12 days of marbles leading yeah. into the end of the year. Well, and, and right off the bat, Joe, Spicy, Buck, and the gang over Consolidated Supply, they sort of came to us with an idea to maybe get more involved in the marble race and um, have stepped up with the most awesome prize the winner of that final race that we're qualifying people for today are going to get a pair of Winnipeg Blue Bomber season tickets for next year. Cannot thank the support of Consolidated Supply enough. Great dudes over there. And uh, as they say, I think I might want to go down there and take a look at hot tubs right now, considering the way things are right now. Um, all right, Remo, if you want to get those things loaded up, we'll get into that. And while we do it, we can just quickly chat. I know there's some mentions in the chat right now about the big announcement yesterday that AEW All Elite Wrestling is coming to Winnipeg on the 16th of March, I believe the date is. Tickets are going to go on sale next Friday. We'll see whether we might have something cooking around WST for that. Um, we've talked about it for a long time, really since the show started, that we'd love to see AEW come to Winnipeg. Of course, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, two of the biggest stars in the business and in AEW, both Winnipeg natives, Jericho from St. James, Kenny Omega representing T Kona and Don Callis, Kelvin Grad, as well, one of the great personalities in it. So uh, we'll hopefully maybe get one of the guys on the show over the next little while and certainly be looking to do maybe a little bit of promo with the folks putting on the show. But uh, mark that date down March AEW coming to Winnipeg for the very first time. Um, AEW is Winnipeg, as W Jets Forever says. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, it's about damn time. I'm not sure whether they'll have Jericho and Omega going head to head against each other. That would be phenomenal. Uh, but I think this will be as well received at AEW event as maybe anywhere uh, when it comes coming up in March. So we'll have some fun talking about that as well in future shows. Um, all right, Remo, we won't do the full extended marbles theme from tristan rivers but we definitely need to crank the song if we're gonna drop marbles for the first time in the consolidated supply wst tournament of champions yeah i'm just getting it ready we got uh 200 and 225 entries uh into this thing so i gotta make sure Whoa. i got all of them yeah this is getting crazy nice yeah I, you yeah. know what that might be one of our biggest of all time certainly is up there so let me, well, I, I, got, I missed a couple, so I'm going to re redo. All right. Sounds good. We want to yeah. make sure everyone's marble is in there. And by the way, I saw Marvel's mainstay, my guy Bozeman in here and a uh, belated happy birthday. I of course was in Qatar, hit a big party last weekend that I missed, but uh, I was the one that lost out on that. It looked like an incredible event with a very special guest. That was awesome. And uh big shout out to my guy Bozeman who, we go way back to the Rams in Adam A, six-year-old house league hockey, eons ago. Um, so anyways, happy birthday belated to my man, Shorn. 
Um, all right, Reem, uh, let's uh, let's get this going. I'm just trying to get all, make sure I have all the names. I don't know if I don't know if it's working. Rob Mahoney me. says 225 entries is a record. Rob would uh, know. And you know what? That's a big uh, credit to uh, Consolidated Supply. We've got such a great prize, and what a great day to launch this with Mike O'Shea's re-signing as Blue Bomber head coach. Uh, so maybe our biggest marble race ever and is just start to come again. If you don't finish in the top three today, do not worry. We're doing it again tomorrow and Monday through Friday for the next two weeks leading into Christmas. And then make sure to mark it down December 30th. Our final act of 2022 will be to team up with Consolidated Supply and make one of you a bomber season ticket holder for 2023. What an awesome prize and what a way to finish off 2022 after a great year here on WST. Yeah, I will say if you are entering in, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up. Apparently we got more entries than likes, which uh, we got we to gotta balance out that ratio whoa, whoa, whoa. here. Yeah, got to balance out well, the ratio. And by the way, and by the way, we kind of forgot to do this. We don't normally make the chat subscriber only, um, but we say, hey, you know, you got to be subscribed to, and I mean, pretty much everybody is that normally comes in. Um, but if you're new or something, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Um, obviously, you'll get the latest content. It's completely free. When you get onto YouTube, you'll see what our latest episode is. Uh, and that's big for us in growing the channel as well, both hitting the thumbs up button as well as being subscribed. So as of tomorrow, when we open up the qualifying, we will have the chat subscriber only. Um, so anyways, if you haven't done it already, what are you waiting for? Just hit that red button. It's literally the simplest thing you could do of no cost to you. And it helps us out as we uh, try and grow. All right, Remo, let's uh, do this. Do we have Tristan teed up and ready to go? I do. Yeah, we're closing in, Hus. Uh, on 8,500 uh, followers or subscribers on YouTube, you know, YouTube says subscribers, they are its followers on every other platform, but we're moving on up. And yeah, if you missed, uh, we posted a video this morning of you and uh, Rennie, a great discussion on uh, Mark Shifley's pre and post game comments before the uh, he called it a revenge game on Paul Nerys, a big revenge narrative heading into that game. And which is why I took Lord, I took Hellebuck on DraftKings, you knew the Jets were winning. Winning that one uh, Tuesday. But anyway, I, yeah, I have ahead. a feeling our conversation with uh, Scotty might end up there. I mean, uh, something that is somewhat evergreen for content on attendance. And uh, that was yes. a great conversation. If you missed it earlier on, you can go back in this program or we'll probably post it separately. But uh, enough talk about everything else. Let's get down to business. Consolidated Supply presents our first qualifying race in the WST Marbles Holiday Tournament of Champions. No dabs here, Travis, or anything like that. Uh, all right, it's just past 3 o'clock. We'll make this a little earlier, but it was a great stuff today with uh, Frankie Corrado, obviously Billick, uh, and JP Vijay. That being said, it is time to get down to business. Race 1 of 12, the top three marbles will be qualified for the championship race when we and Consolidated Supply will make our champion marble winner and greet them with a pair of bomber season tickets for 2023. Remus, we are now in twists and turns. This is the first 
of our personally selected Marble Race tracks for the 2022 Tournament of Champions. Again, thanks to Consolidated Supply, the boys there for making this happen. Good luck to everyone. Let's go for the first of 12 qualifiers on WST. They are right. coming down. I always love this for people that are new that haven't seen this before or maybe pop in late to see what we're talking about and going, what the heck are these guys up to? Uh, wow, Cowboy. How did Cowboy get in there? What a start for Cowboy. That is a uh, a huge lead. I don't know if we've ever seen one marble take care of the uh, original cone as quickly as Cowboy did. He is way, way in front right now. And it could take an absolute disaster for Cowboy not to be in the top three. Larry TSG with another nice start. It's almost like we're looking at everybody else now out of the first uh, the first bit. Uh, but Zelko's in the mix. We saw Miller time 1080. And right now it looks like Steph B is in second place. Paul's going on. We'll get a little more clarity as we get into this next one. Steph B definitely in. And it looks like Cowboy's lead is actually shortened a little bit. But man, the way he came out of that first funnel, uh, going to be pretty tough to uh, to meet. Steph B right now comfortably in second place. So Cowboy and Steph B almost running away with this qualification race. It's a good thing we've got three. Greg Hasbeek in there. Look at the hack in third place right now. A nice start right now. We've got Moose three as well. And uh, Steph B and Cowboy have had this lead shrink a little bit. And now we've got M. Sheldon and Paul in the mix right now. Uh, Steph B looks like he's going to be first in. Cowboy holds on. And who is going to be third? M. Sheldon at the buzzer making it in so we didn't have a lot of drama for the first two marbles right now although it did get shrunk as we went through look at all these marbles coming in this was a wild one um but steph b our first qualifier cowboy with the k the second qualifier and m sheldon your third oh paul carr right there marshall caron greg hasby Winnipeg walter Moose 3, Art Cooper, and Peyton Wilding, the top 10. Now, Steph B, Cowboy, and M. Sheldon, do us a favor right now. Send us an email just with your email and your, your contact info to winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com um, because what we're going to need to do is have all of your info, obviously, to make sure you know about the race on the 30th, but also in case you win, um, there's not really any way we can contact you through YouTube. So, um, but you're in. Congratulations. There you go. The first three qualifiers in the Marbles Tournament of Champions and Consolidated Supplies giving us a pair of bomber season tickets to give away. Uh, again, check out winnipegsportstalk.com slash marbles. You'll have another chance to get in for a mix. We'll be taking three entries from there. And stay tuned. We will do an Instagram contest, I believe, on the Consolidated Supply website. So you can go over, follow them, get in on a specific post. We'll probably launch that next week. Um, so, wow, was, that was a weird one, Remo. I can't ever remember. I mean, Cowboy hung on there at the end, but it was all about the start there for Cowboy. Steph B as well, but particularly Cowboy with uh, an incredible start um, and managed to hang on to be one of the top three today.
Yeah, really off, off that start and just had the lead and Steph caught up. The battle was really for third where Paul Carr and M. Sheldon, I think they hit basically simultaneously. Um, yeah, like point two, less no. than point two seconds <laughs> apart. If you like point two nine two and point four three nine. So if someone wants to do some quick math there, that is uh, that is basically at the same time. So M. Sheldon, who was at, shout out to M. Sheldon, who was with us at the uh, Cineboy Downs uh, when he, our yes! big outing. Good call, good call. So there you go. So uh, nice to have some familiar names. I'm sure there'll be a lot of familiar names as we have so many great people coming in uh, weekdays. And this will be fun as we count down the 12 days of marbles uh, with this ending the show every day this month. This will be, this is nice. Give us some holiday cheer. Yeah, absolutely. A great time. Great turnout for everyone. If you weren't one of the top three, don't worry about it. There's 11 more qualifying races to go tomorrow. We'll do it again as well. Uh, big show tomorrow on the program. Um, what is it? We're going to have Kenny Weeb join us. We're also going to have uh, Lisa uh, Hacksaw Hamilton, I believe, and more. And of course, we will also be dropping marbles again right around this same time. Again, if you're a podcast listener and you just popped in, uh, we'll try and start it a little earlier normally. But 2.45 is when we're going to be opening up the registrations and again we will make sure that it's subscriber only so again all you got to do is press that red button there's no cost uh but be a follower subscriber of our youtube channel so you're eligible to win uh and we'll see you tomorrow to do it all over again great show today thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen especially consolidated supply for uh being the uh driving force in our marbles tournament of champions uh, as well as uh, everyone else making the show happen each and every day. And great guests today and great Jets conversation. Vige, JP Vijay, Scott Billick, and Frankie Corrado of TSN. Folks, great night to maybe hit a BP with the gang. Got a football game on. We got the Jets and Blues dropping the puck tonight. We'll break it all down tomorrow and get you ready for a busy weekend for the Jets tomorrow night in Chicago and then back at home against Ovi and the Washington Capitals on Sunday night. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Stay warm. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll see you tomorrow for another marble race and another packed edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.